Welcome to Pixel Tunes Radio, a podcast where we have fun talking about video games and video game music. I'm Mayor Mike Hagar, and I'm Bread, and I'm Bruce Irons, <laughs> and, and this is episode 175. Are we at now? No, no? 102. Oh, it feels like 175. No, 102. Final fight retrospective with our good friend Cam Childs, hey. otherwise known as Bruce Irons. Bruce Irons. Yep. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so, Cam, how are you today? I am awesome. I am pumped to be here, and especially pumped to be talking about Final Fight. Yes. Always. One of us came up with this idea for the show. I think it, it was you, me, maybe. Uh, it had been it floating you. around for a long time. Yeah, and we mentioned that we wanted to bring on Cam, so, you know, because he's a big Final Fight fan. So, oh, yeah. I mean, this is kind of an interesting look at Final Fight of all, pretty much all the games that have come out uh, throughout the entire series. And we're going to be covering, you know, everything through the ins and outs of the ups and downs, the highs and lows, etc. But uh, <laughs> the high which, highs and low lows. The high highs and low lows, exactly. What's interesting about this episode is that it is the hundred and second episode of Pixel Tunes, and on the second episode of Pixel Tunes that we did, we did beat 'em ups, and we kind of haven't really returned to beat them up since then. So this will be kind of a, a nice oh, return to form. This is kind of like a mirror version of. So like the second, it's the upside the second down. hundred episodes of Pixel Tunes is yep. the upside down. Yeah, this is the, we're in the upside down right Tune now. Tune Pixels Radio. Yes. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that means we have to be all slimy and gross, though. That's true. Well, I'm already slimy and gross. That's, yeah, that's, that's no true. change for me either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll stop showering before I show up. So, uh, Cam, you have a, a very kind of intimate history with Final Fight based on your band, which is called the Mad Gear, which is the the gang that appears in the first couple Final Fight games. So what? What about Final Fight, like, really drew you to make a VGM cover band that revolves around that kind of universe? Final Fight was, like, the second SNES cartridge I ever owned, I think. And I had no experience with the arcade machine prior to that. I think that's important to note because I seriously never even played the arcade game until, like, a couple of years ago. And I'd never seen it in person anywhere. So it was only, like, later when I was, like, a teenager that I realized it was an arcade game first. And it's also probably the reason why I enjoyed the SNES port so much was because I had nothing to be disappointed by. And now that's the narrative about Final Fight for the Super Nintendo is that it sucks in comparison to the arcade version because there's no co-op, there's no guy, which honestly, when we got guy later, it's like, who cares? But, exactly. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I just, I loved it. It's just when you're six, seven years old and just walking through the streets as Hagar and doing flying pile drivers, it's like, what more could you possibly want? Yeah. I don't know. I think it was uh, like funnier if you were a six or seven year old walking through the streets just doing pile drivers on people. Like in real life. Like in real life, yeah. <laughs> hey, I didn't say I didn't do that. Um, <laughs> I, 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 that's just where I got my inspiration from. Right. So right. the sounds they make, the whole thing, it's like hilarious, but also, like I said, super fun. And then later on, when, you know, the idea was starting to form for the band and everything, it just occurred to me, it's like the Mad Gear just has a nice ring to it. Uh, it, it doesn't, it's kind of meaningless, uh, unless you're like the the gear, their equipment is crazy mad. <laughs> like, it, right. I have no idea what it's supposed to mean, but it just <laughs> sounds cool. Go, again, going back to the SNES port, it's very horn-heavy to some people's opinions, like to a fault, like it sounds weird. But um, I've always thought it sounded great, and to me it was like the Mad Gears like house band or whatever, they have horns. It's not all guitar-based, which yeah. was kind of the theory, or, or like one of the founding theories behind the band was that I didn't want it to just all be guitar stuff. I, sometimes I thought it'd be cool if 
you know, saxes or trumpets or whatever held the melody. And, uh, you know, that's just the, the impression of what the band should be like from that soundtrack, you know? Absolutely. And if you're doing, you know, game covers, especially covers from other games besides Final Fight, you know, those horns lend themselves towards those lead melodies much more than guitar would sometimes anyway. So sure, that all makes sure. a lot of sense. On the Super Nintendo in general, there's just a lot of horn voices. And again, they're kind of corny sometimes or like, you know, like I said, weird or synthy sounding, but... I love them, and to me, that's just that's quintessentially '90s. Just that those horn, those synthy horn leads on the Super Nintendo. So, do you know where the the name the Mad Gear originally came from? I know. Actually, I checked out the soundtrack to that racing game. Um, that's that's is that what you're referring to? Yep. Yeah. Le Led Storm, which was called Mad Gear in the, in Japan. Yeah, I meant to uh, check out the or pick one of those tracks and forgot about it, but. Yeah, I've never played the game. I don't know anything about it, but I have heard that before. Yeah, I think we played a track from that. Because actually, Tim Fallon did the Amiga version of that soundtrack. So I think we played it on our first Tim Fallon episode. Oh, nice. So it had, it had really good music. But the, originally in Japan, it was called The Mad Gear because it was like a bad Japanese translation of like Crazy Driver or something like that. Mm. You know, a guy okay. racing with gears and he was mad. And so, you know, <laughs> it's one of those those ridiculous, let's put two words together that sound funny. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's where it came from. And so they, they reused that as the gang name in Final Fight, which Capcom is kind of famous for. They, they reuse a lot of their names in their games. So, so uh, what about you for Final Fight? Because we talked about, you know, Cam talked about his introduction to the Yeah, series. Final Fight, I, I, I always wanted it on the Super Nintendo when I was a kid, but my mom was ridiculously anti-violence when it came to our video games and cartoons. Like, I wasn't allowed to watch G.I. Joe or anything like that. So we, I'd always see Final Fight, like, on the shelves, like, when the Super Nintendo first came out, because I got the, my SNES on launch day. So I was stuck with Super Mario World and Pilot Wings forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. And I would always, like, you know, see that picture with, like, Hagar facing off against that punk on the on the box, right. like, on store shelves. And I'm like, I really want it so badly. I love so, that so, art. That art is yeah. so yeah, great. Yeah, isn't it fantastic? So my only experience with Final Fight was in the arcades, because I would go and play it in the arcade, because sure. for some reason my mom didn't care what I played when I was in the arcade. That's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, so... So, so my first impression of the game was the arcade version, and my brother and I would play two players. And then when I finally did get around to playing the SNES version, I think we rented it or something, you know, I, I, I liked it. I thought it was a really faithful adaption. Sure. I, I did kind of miss the two-player version because, obviously, my brother was sitting there watching me or I was watching him mm-hmm. when two of us could be on the screen playing at the oh, same you guys time. Didn't, like, trade off, like, take turns? We or? never did that. Really? No, we never took turns with first huh. one-player games. Interesting. Uh, I don't know. It just never occurred to us to do so. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, so that was my, my first impression. I, I was aware of the limitations, but I did like the Super Nintendo soundtrack better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because maybe I didn't even really pay attention to the arcade soundtrack because it was always, like, in a huge arcade where oh, there was yeah. all the sounds right. going on and stuff. But, yeah. but it was always one of my favorite games. I love the aesthetic. I love the gameplay. And so a game that I... I just I always still go back to probably one of my most played video games of all time I think yeah no I'm kind of the same I think it's funny that uh, she was totally okay with you murdering turtles and and uh, and and you know yeah Ninja Turtles was okay He Man was okay yeah well but no GI Joe Super Mario like Super Mario (laughs) oh well it's cartoony violence I guess (laughs) I don't know but actually punching people in the face was not appropriate right yeah but He Man could use his sword and you know you should have told her that it was a love story. Because the two guys were like, you know, looked like they were gonna like, they were they they were looked like they were gonna fight, but they could totally also look. Her like being they were a Roman kiss. Catholic, that would have been even worse. Oh, so, true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Final fight for me, it was kind of the same thing. Well, sort of. Super NES was the first version that I got, and uh, I remember renting it 
and really enjoying it. And I think the first time I owned it was, I, I remember I think I bought it. And then I, I ended up trading it for Shaq Fu. I don't know you. why. You know what it was? Because wow. I was a huge basketball fan back then. And so I was also a big Shaquille O'Neal fan. So and it's like Shaq plus fighting game right. plus basketball. I, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> right. I didn't know. And uh, that, that, was a, that was a bad trade. But, you know, I later on got it uh, back in my collection. Recently picked up a complete in-box copy of the Super Famicom version. It's one of my favorite games of all time. It's easily in my top ten. Yeah. The very first Final no, I Fight. I agree. I also kind of think maybe a Final Fight themed basketball game should happen. I mean, is it too late? Ooh, uh, I should we go for it. Maybe? I don't know. I mean, if fans can make an RPG basketball game out of Charles Barkley's... Dude, so as a defenseman, <laughs> Mike Hagar could just take a guy with the basketball yeah. and spinning pile drive him into the hoop. There you yeah, go. And, and ha get the Hagar's team gets points for that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was my introduction, was the very first Final Fight. So, uh, we do have some Pixel Chat questions. We have one. It's from Cam Mount. And Ooh, Cam number two. Yep. Yeah, Cam number two. Or three. Or four. I don't know. I lost track at this point. He asks, in the grand scheme of things, do you prefer Streets of Rage or Final Fight? Don't just rely on music. Consider gameplay and storyline as well. I've only played Streets of Rage Two, I understand why people like the soundtrack. It's very well done for what it is, but house music is just not my jam. And I love how ridiculous Streets of Rage is. Like, it's really weird, and there's just some bizarre stuff going on, like the jetpack guy and all that kind of stuff. So I have a feeling I would like it more if I knew more about it. But um, as for me, it's always going to be Final Fight. Yeah, I agree. It's Final Fight hands down for me, too. I think it's just faster. It's more easy to control. Like, the original Streets of Rage was kind of a much slower game. Uh, the guys were smaller. It took a little bit more time for the characters to get across the screen. It just didn't feel like it flowed as well as Final Fight did. I love being able to, like, flip an enemy over you and, like, take out seven guys at one time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the way the guys would just run in from the sides of the screen and, like, try to chest bump you into oblivion. I don't know. Everything about Final Fight had more character. Yeah, mm. I, and, and I do like the Streets of Rage soundtrack actually better than the Final Fight soundtrack, but that doesn't, like 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 Cam said, don't take the, the music into account. The, yeah. the gameplay of Final Fight has always been where it's at. It's funny, ever since I was you know younger, because uh, I mean, I think I played Final Fight when I was like 9 or 10-ish, everyone I knew thought Streets of Rage was better. I'd never mm. met anybody who thought that Final Fight was, was better. Interesting. Like Final Fight the series, yeah, not the first game. Like most people thought... Well, the first game is really, really good, but it's not better than all three Streets of Rage games. That's what everybody that I've met has always said. I've always been of the, of the same mindset as you guys, where Final Fight, to me, was always the more dynamic, more interesting franchise. The characters were brighter, more colorful, and more interesting. Uh, whereas Streets of Rage always just felt like a cheap knockoff to me. I, I think that they did advance a lot more with combos and special moves and stuff than than Final Fight did, but uh, I think Final Fight eventually caught up like with Final Fight 3. Final Fight 3 had a lot of cool special moves yeah, and yeah. power so meters and stuff. Yeah. I, I think that they they did a, a really good job of kind of keeping up with the other beat-em-up franchises, because if they just made a Final Fight 1 like again and just like kept remaking the same game with you know just different characters or whatever, it wouldn't have been a good, as good. So they, they really did need to kind of renovate the tried-and-true beat-em-up franchise. Exactly. I think this is going to be an unpopular opinion amongst the three of us. We're probably in the minority, but I'm okay with that. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. I definitely like to hear what our listeners think. Yeah. So definitely comment on the Facebook group. Which which game was your favorite, Streets of Rage or Final Fight, and and, and why? I'd like to get a discussion going on yeah. that for sure. Definitely. So, well, you guys want to get into our first song of the day? Yes. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to go chronologically. We're going to start with the very first Final Fight and end up in some of the more recent releases. Cam, Mike, and I each picked four tracks to contribute to the show and so they're not going to be around robin like we usually do with a guest we're going to go from earliest to latest so cam you picked the first track of the day what did you pick i picked big katana boss from like you said the original final fight from for the snes it was composed by the great junko tamiya and arranged by toshio kajino all right let's take a listen Final Fight for the Super NES. The track was Big Katana Boss. And that was the Super NES 1991 release by Junko Tamiya. And it was arranged by Toshio Kajino. I I really dig this track. I mean, the whole Super NES soundtrack, uh, to be honest, we could have just played that and I would have been satisfied. That is my, by far and large, my favorite version of Final Fight's soundtrack. And this track in particular is great because it's it's a great lead up to fighting Katana, who's also known as uh, Sodom in uh, the Super Famicom version. Right, and uh, this was always one of those bosses that like I felt was one of the hardest. Like I would always end up losing most of my lives. Oh really? On Katana? Okay. But just because he would like dash and then become invincible, and I, I couldn't like get that pattern down correctly. Okay. But the fact that this music is so like upbeat and surf rock yeah. and almost has like a like an Alberto Gonzalez feel with that bass line yeah. like it just kind of bops along it, it was always a lot of fun to listen to so I think that I give this track a lot of credit for helping me like finally be able to get past him and I'm talking like the first couple times I played Final Fight that I was having trouble here not not that I can't get by him now but, sure sure but yeah it was always like you have nightmares about him right now I, I do sometimes yeah, I yeah. mean his name is Sodom <laughs> I associate this track with this stage very, very closely, and that's not always the case with me and VGM. Hmm. So, Cam, what, what was the reason why you picked this particular one? Well, f- first of all, I should mention the fact that I just realized something kind of interesting, and that's that in Final Fight, there's not necessarily boss music. Like, it, it's almost, you know, each stage has usually two or three different themes going on. And you might get some music to come in, like, shortly before the boss, but it's never like, okay, he's here, here's the boss music. You know what I'm saying? Like, for Big Katana boss, like, it's, you get out of the subway car, you're in that alleyway before the wrestling ring, and it starts. And for um, Idai in the next level, it's, uh, like, the music starts when you're in the cage match with the double Andors. So it's like there's there's not really a boss theme per se, so that's kind of interesting. But the theme itself, like 
I just love the the timbre of all the instruments, like everything's so punchy and clear. And that I appreciate even more when I listen to the arcade version because I just, I mean, even now I don't care for it very much. But the first time I heard it, I was like, this sounds so jumbled and like just it just sounds like a big load of like metallic trash. <laughs> like I could, it was, it's like you can't make out the individual instruments. There's just a lot of, it's just too busy. But to me, this feels everything feels very clear and punchy. You can hear all the voices very clearly. I love how shreddy everything is. Like that sax line, no sax player could ever play ever. And it's just like, blah, 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 blah. and it's it's just awesome. I love everything about it. So well, I was actually just going to ask you that question. So as a as a music arranger for for the Mad Gear, what? Like you, so you would you would consider that lead melody to be a saxophone, or I was I almost kind of thought maybe it was a trumpet or something like some kind of brass for sure, but yeah, you so you would you'd say sax. Um, I would consider the lead the the one that's playing like all those runs. I would definitely consider a saxophone. I think I've got the sound font for Final Fight, and that one was labeled just Buzz or something. Okay. So huh. it's not that I can definitively say it's a saxophone, but that's that's the way I my mind interprets it. Yeah. There's definitely cool. that trumpet yeah. in the background doing the little do 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 do. I would I would love to hear you guys cover this, but like you said, I don't think any saxophone player could really Well, yeah, play. we'd probably have to move that <laughs> over to guitar or something yeah, somewhere yeah. where it'd be physically possible to play or we'd have to dumb it down for sure. Yeah. So, Mike, your thoughts on the Super... Well, we already kind of talked about the Super Nintendo version and all yeah. that stuff. No, I love I love this soundtrack. Every, every single song is fantastic. I will say that I understand why people don't like the Super Famicom or Super NES version of Final Fight soundtrack. Uh, it's very abrasive at points. Some of the lead synths are very harsh sounding. And even those trumpets can get a little overbearing at points. But, I mean, I think that nostalgia really carries this one for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, that That's that's pretty much it. I, I think it's a fantastic track. The game is great. It's, it's win-win for me. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about the history behind Final Fight. Because I know we've talked about the game with Cam in the past, actually. I think yeah. when we did our Tough Tunes, we tough talked tunes. about Final Fight a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about, at that point... <clears throat> That we had all believed that Final Fight... Or did you just pull a special move? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was said that, uh, that Final Fight was designed as a sequel to the original Street Fighter game, but according to interviews with the game's director, Oshiki Akamoto, and the lead designer, Akira Nishitani, they've said that it was originally a standalone title that was called Final Fight, and Capcom saw the game halfway through development, and noticed that the original Street Fighter was getting a lot of attention in the arcades. Mm. So they decided, well, let's make this game into a sequel of of Street Fighter. We'll call it Street Fighter 89. So they started showing it at trade shows. Originally, everybody just thought that the game was originally developed as a that's sequel to Street Fighter. And that's where you get a lot of uh, information on the net will tell you that. So after they showed it at trade shows as Street Fighter 89... Uh, Akimoto and Nishitani kind of went back to Capcom and said, look, we really don't think that this is a sequel. This is an entirely new game. It's an entirely different style of gameplay. You know, we're going full beat-em-up here instead of one-on-one fighting. So Capcom agreed with them, and they they decided that they were going to create an original sequel to Street Fighter, which became Street Fighter 2, and then they left uh, Final Fight B, the original name Final Fight, and released that as a separate beat-em-up all by itself. So that was pretty cool. It kind of went through a little bit of development 
not development hell, but a little bit of development differences between its original release. I mean, I'll be honest, I think that Capcom unfortunately has antagonized fans a bit regarding this because of the fact that they seem to not be able to separate Final Fight from Streets. Yeah, they've integrated a lot of the Final Fight characters into the Street Fighter universe, and I think maybe that was the plan all along, that they were going to exist in the same Capcom universe. Yeah, which makes sense. It it almost seems like all the games in the Capcom universe kind of exist on the same plane. There's always a lot of character crossover or references to other Capcom games. They they did that a lot, especially on the NES. Like, a lot of the manuals and stuff referenced Captain Commando. And, like, all the characters seem to fit in, like, the entire universe. Like, Trojan and uh, uh, Commando and, you know, some of those earlier, like, NES titles. Yeah. Uh, Strider, Section Z. Like, they all kind of had that weird Capcom vibe to them. Yeah. They definitely had their own unique style. I, I like that a lot. I mean, is there another company that you can think of that kind of has almost like a like a Marvel feel to it where it feels like a universe as opposed to, you know, just a bunch of games. SNK does for sure. Like their characters blend into each other all the time, but that's okay. mainly because with King of Fighters, you've got fighting characters from a whole bunch of different fighting games. Right. But but a lot of what SNK did was based on what Capcom was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. They were kind of in competition with each other. Yeah, Konami right? so did it too. I think uh, that influence I mean, was there. Konami did it with YY World. Yep. And the uh, Konami Crazy Racers, that sort of stuff. And did then YY also, World have a US release or is that just uh, Famicom? Just Japan. Okay. YY World 1 and 2 only came out for the Famicom. Yeah. And then the Vic Viper would show up in many other shooters, yep. Parodius, Twinbee right. and all that stuff. Yep. So yep. Yep. there was a lot of blending going on back then. Yeah. Some other rumors about Final Fight was that um, we talked about the movie Streets of Fire and how it directly related to Final Fight. And according to the designers, and I'm, I'm saying that we're kind of skeptical on this, but according to the designers, Streets of Fire had nothing to do with Final Fight. It was true that Nishitani would tell his designers to watch 80s movies. He actually had a room set up with mm-hmm. a whole bunch of DVDs and VHS tapes of American 80s action movies and would tell the designers, go take a break, watch some of these movies, let them influence your game. Right. He himself said that he was not aware of Streets of Fire at the time and that the movie had nothing to do with the game. But we were talking about this a little bit before we started the show, and, yeah. and Mike, you had some different feelings. Uh, yeah, I, I disagree. I, I I think that maybe he wasn't aware of Streets of Fire, but when you look at all the parallels between Streets of Fire, which did come out around that time, I think it, it was released in about 86, and the entire uh, Streets of Fire movie, for the most part, has a very final fight vibe to it and also some of the characters so you've got the main character tom cody yep and uh so they you know cody was the main hero in final fight along with hagar uh the villain in streets of fire is literally wearing what at at the end of the movie is wearing what hagar wears throughout the entire game i I thought it was Uh, um he's wearing what doug and red that he's got that weird like it's they're not really overalls it's like a shirt that comes like halfway up his torso and then the weird no, strap it, things it's uh it's a pair of pants with one like belt thing going over okay. his chest okay. and if you rewatch streets of fire that's what the main villain played by Willem Dafoe is wearing like it, it's it's like this weird like fisherman's thing that like he's not wearing like an exact replica of it or anything i think it may even have two straps but it looks like something that inspired the design of hagar interesting gotcha in a lot of ways they're also like because you don't want your pants falling down while you're punching and kicking yeah Yeah. it's just not good yeah and also you got to keep in mind um 
there's the scenes with the like the biker gang where the bikes get you know destroyed. There's just there's a lot of moments in Streets of Fire. And in fact, the entire premise: this woman gets kidnapped. Cody's ex girlfriend gets kidnapped. Cody's ex girlfriend gets kidnapped, and you know he's got to go in to to rescue her from from the gang. Yeah, it's like pretty much Streets of Fire. So like, I'm not saying that he's wrong. I'm just saying that I think he doesn't know how well his staff was inspired. Right, I think it's that that's kind of what we settled on, is that maybe yeah. his staff watched this movie and Nishitani didn't watch the movie, and so they added a lot of that inspiration into the game, yeah. and Nishitani just thought that they were original ideas, when right. in fact the, the artists and the and the other designers were, were kind of taking inspiration from Streets of Fire, so yeah. that's pretty cool. All this is to say, if you haven't seen Streets of Fire, do yourself a favor, because it is yes. Yes. It's a a wild trip that don't quit. I would highly yeah, recommend it. If you like, if you like '80s movies and you like music by like Meatloaf, all the music. It's is weird because it's got like a '50s vibe, but with yeah. '80s aesthetic yeah. to it. It's kind of like an anachronistic kind of a movie. It's, yeah. yeah. So the one last rumor that is supposedly dispelled is that they asked Nishitani if the boss enemy Andore was inspired from Andre the Giant. And you said that so professionally, Andore. And, and Nishitani, <laughs> Nishitani says that no, Andore was not based on Andre the Giant, but he had a friend named Andre who was really tall. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I don't know. I mean, this, that, that similarity is just way, way too... Like, 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 like you said with Streets of Fire, I mean, the similarities, like, that's Andre the Giant. I right. mean, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even have to see his name to say, oh, that's Andre the Giant. Either screen. that or it's like Joe and Mac, but like completely transformed and like uh, mutated. <laughs> like it looks like Joe and Mac's face on like Andre the Giant's body. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Either I'm... that or he has a friend named Andre who wears like, <laughs> like just pink, wants to be Andre pink the Giant. and red like, like leopard print. Yep, and has big curly hair. And he, yeah, and he has, <laughs> yeah, and he's the Japanese guy. <laughs> Every one of his relatives looks exactly like him, but just wears different colors. Yeah. So who knows? <laughs> I like to imagine him kind of having a, uh, is Lenny the big guy from Mice and Men? Mice and Men. Yeah, Mice yeah and, Men, and like yeah. he's really just trying to chest bump you. Like he's just excited. Right. <laughs> and and when he grabs you by the neck, he's just trying to pet you because you're a cute bunny and like... He, he does kind of make a friendly sound. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to return to, to the fact that you you said Andore? Andore. That's just, that's just how you would say it in Japanese. Oh, okay. I always called him Andor. Andore or Gede? Well, it's Andore. No, it's Andor. You can call him Andor, Andor. It just sounds like want. kind of doofy, like Andor. Like, and even in the games, like later Hello, on. Hello, George. Street, call me Andor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> call me Andor. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to our next track. What do you say? Yeah, sure. So I picked Final Fight 2, and this came out on the Super NES in 1993, and this track is Sleep Junk Down. And this is by Yasuaki Fujita, also known as Bun Bun. Mary Yamaguchi, Yuki Iwai, Setsuo Yamamoto, Yuko Takehara, and Tatsuya Nishimura, whose name is labeled as Ani.
All right, welcome back. That was Final Fight 2 on the Super NES, the release year of 1993, and the track was Sleep Junk Down. <laughs> How it's dare by, you? <laughs> <laughs> it's by Yasuaki Fujita, also known as Bun Bun, Mary Yamaguchi, Yuki Iwai, Setsuo Yamamoto, Yuko Takahara, and Tatsuya Nishimura, also known as Annie. Sleep Junk Down is when you sleep on your stomach. And sleep junk up is when you sleep on your back. I just wanted to get that out of me open there. Oh, can you explain that further? Like, what What do you mean by sleep junk down? Yeah. It's where, yeah. It's where your junk is pointed. Oh. You know? oh. 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 Oh, yeah. So <laughs> is oh, this, uh, you, I mean, I'm definitely not the scholar here, but is Setsuo Yamamoto a uh, Mega Man X guy? Yes. Gotcha. Yep. yep. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of this sound. Yuki Iwai worked on Mega Man X's two or X. Uh, X two. Yeah, Yuki Iwai was on X two. Okay. So a lot of uh, there's a lot of Mega Man influence on this soundtrack. You're gonna see a lot of that later on in the uh, throughout the episode, actually. Mm. Um, but yeah, these these tracks. I mean, we we're talking about it in between breaks. Uh, Ed and I were. These tracks are very echoey. Yeah. And the music, it's it's not bad, but. I, I always felt like Final Fight 2 soundtrack in particular felt very lacking to me. For one, there's a hardware switch you can turn on, or mm-hmm. like a software switch you can turn on. It's a natural function of the SNES. You can turn Echo on, mm-hmm. and it's like, so it immediately makes everything sound like there's a there's a chorus or a reverb on it. Right. And they turned it on really heavy for this soundtrack. Yeah, so all did. the music sounds like you're listening to it through kind of like a tin can. Right. Mm. Which... And there, like, there are some players out there for like SBC files where you can turn that echo effect off. Mm-hmm. And so I did that with this this song just to see what it sounds like, you yeah. know, without that echo effect. And it sounds, like you said, it sounds really anemic. It sounds like right. the instruments aren't that great. Yeah. I think they turned it on because they realized they didn't have a very good instrument set and they wanted it to sound a little beefier. Why didn't they just make, you know, the instruments sound like Maybe memory, Final Fight 1? Memory constraints? I, I, I have no really? idea. Yeah. Why didn't they just make this better? You know? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Beavis and Butthead remark. Why don't they just make it better? Why don't they just make it better? <laughs> you said sleep junk down. <laughs> Arrangement aside, I do like this track. I like the melody. I like the, the that really heavy kind of percussion. This is um, very Prince. Yeah, I can very, see that. Oh, like, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. when like the keyboard comes in and it's like... And then it kicks into the, the next groove. Like, it really reminded me of something that Prince would do. Yeah, well, what's your impression on this on this particular track, Cam? I, I mean, yeah, Prince is an interesting way to look at it. It's I, I can hear, like, heavy Prince, maybe. Heavy Prince? But, like, da na Heavy Prince. It's like Elvis's comeback, you know? It's right, just right. He's much heavier now. I, yeah, yeah. I do remember this one being my, uh, my favorite from this soundtrack. I have listened to it a couple of times, and it's not really made an impression on me, much like the game. Yeah. It's cool, but there's just some weird choices going on with like the turns and and the melody and chord structure. It's like it'll be going and you're kind of getting into the groove and then it'll it'll go off in some weird direction. And it's sort of jazz fusiony in that regard, I think. And yeah, um, I get that too. I, I don't know. It just I feel like it just doesn't quite work. And it also doesn't feel in keeping with the original feel of Final Fight. Like, the the sound, you know, you were talking about the instruments that, like, it's just so completely different than the yeah. original game. And I'm not saying they should have reused it, 
but it just doesn't have that same muscle and like again punchiness i, I guess that's a super duper pun but um but uh <laughs> it, it just doesn't feel quite right even though i can appreciate it on some level it's it's not really my thing yeah, I, th- I think a lot of the complaints that you, you have, I think a lot of that has to do with the composers they chose for the game. I mean, the original game had like Minami Matsumai, Junko Tamiya, a, a lot of these really classic Capcom composers, uh, Isayo Abe, guys that did really kind of like tough music, yeah. like, like mm. kind of stuff that I think should be in Final Fight. A lot of the composers they chose, Mari Yamaguchi, Yuki Iwai, Setsuo Yamamoto, they're all like... Mega Man composers or like very kind of like they're people that compose like very slick and groovy music and it didn't really fit the feel of what Final Fight should be based on the first game yeah they kind of went back to a little bit more tough music for the third iteration but this this game in particular like is probably my least favorite Final Fight of the three SNES same soundtrack and gameplay included yeah i i don't mind the gameplay in this one i like the gameplay itself and Mm. i like the characters and everything i mean the the mad gear return just to kind of touch on the the game story and the characters mad gears back and uh, now they're under a worldwide scale under someone named retu's leadership retu 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 so right so essentially (laughs) they wanted to take revenge against guy who was from the first game. Which is ironic, considering SNES players would never even know who he was. Right, right. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. This is an SNES-only title, so why even include Guy? I know. So the Mad Gear gang starts by kidnapping two characters, Gen Ryusai and Rina, uh, who is uh, this character Maki's father and sister. I guess they did it just to kind of introduce Maki. Rina was Guy's fiance, and Gen Yusai was Guy's sensei. Right. So there's that relationship there. And he was off training, which is funny because it's like he's off training without his. Um, Who knows, man? Maybe sensei? maybe he's got like a kung fu conference. Maybe or it's something. like Ryu, where he just like like Ryu from uh, Street Fighter, where he just goes under like a waterfall and just yells. Yeah, he just <laughs> or like he just combo punches buses or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, oh my bus! <laughs> <laughs> so Maki enlists the help of Hagar. And also Carlos Miyamoto, who I'm not really too sure about him, but the uh, three of them go from place to place all across the world. So they kind of take it from Metro City all the way to like, you know, they're going to like China and like New York or, you know, like they're jumping all over the map globally to try to look for uh, Maki's family. And uh, try to save them. And so. simultaneously taking down all of the international satellites of right. the Mad Gear. Like, they've, yeah. they've grown international. They've gone from Metro City to the world, I right. guess, yeah. in the course of two years. Belger was holding them back. Like I guess yeah, so. Right. Retu's just got his, his sights much higher than Belger and his little skyscrapers. Mm. So. <laughs> uh, a, a little bit about the, the character. So, Carlos Miyamoto grew up in South America studying different types of martial arts. He moved to Metro City for some reason to finish his studies, and so he and Mike Hagar kind of became pals. BFFs. Yeah, like Carlos was living with Mike Hagar, I guess, for a little while. And although he knows a lot of different martial arts, he, he likes his, his katana. Right. So his last name is Miyamoto, based on Masume Miyamoto, the famous katana designer, which okay. is why they, they gave him that last name. Yep. So Maki, we already mentioned, was a daughter of Genyusai and, and Rina. And so she's a member of the Bushin clan, which is the clan that Guy belongs to, his ninja clan or kung fu clan or whatever you want right. to call them. Well, she's not she's not the she's the younger sister. R- Rina's her What is it? Rina's her younger sister? Rina is 
Maki's younger sister. No, Maki is Rina's younger sister. Right. But she's also in this Bujin. See, clan. this is this is the problem. <laughs> when you start like <laughs> it's it's Hagar's daughter and Cody's girlfriend. Like, just keep it simple. This is right. This right. Stuff is right. confusing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but I guess she was also she used to be a gang member. Okay. So she was a, a member of this motorcycle That's gang. That's kind of neat. Yeah. So she's also got this kind of like tough attitude, but mm-hmm. she's also got this honor based on being a member of the Bushin clan and having her right. father be a sensei and all that stuff. So, so Maki and Carlos are the two additional fighters that you can control alongside. Right. Hagar, uh, the, which makes the game feel very different. Yeah, the, I mean the sprites are also smaller, so that's why I'm I'm all, I'm kind of looking at the music and I'm like, well, why did they condense the music and make the music sound the way they did, yeah. and and give it that instrumentation when they could have went balls to the wall with the first soundtrack as far as like that instrumentation because the sprites were so much smaller. Maybe it's because yeah. the backgrounds were more detailed. I think the sprites were smaller because it was probably more of a concession for having a two-player mode than yeah. it was for fitting music in yeah. because music mm-hmm. doesn't take very much sound at all True. The, the SPC processor is completely different from the game processor so right. it doesn't take any extra power away from the game when you have better samples so I, I think the size of the sprites and maybe some of the less uh, active animation in the game was more because you have two players at the same time rather right. than just um, they want to I, th- I guess Final Fight was one player because they wanted to make it look as accurate to the arcade game as they possibly could. Right. Yeah. I'd also like to add that, uh, you know, to further complicate the whole Street Fighter and, you know, Final Fight, you know, mix up as far as like which one, you know, was it a sequel, wasn't it a sequel, etc. cetera, uh, they added Street Fighter characters in the backgrounds. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Levels. Places and, yeah, yeah. like uh, Chun-Li was... is like just eating noodles somewhere. Yep. Like, you think so. she would help. Yeah, I know, right? Like, you think she would be like, oh, I should probably stop this. Just like a random spinning bird kick. Just right, right, right. And go the back Metro, to her noodles. The Mad Gear is, uh, is creating trouble in my city. I should probably do that, you know, my super duper kick moves and uh, get rid of them. But first, noodles. She's too busy eating noodles, man. Exactly. exactly. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> All right, let's move on to your next track, Cam. What do you got for us? Oh, boy. This one was new to me. It's from Saturday Night Slam Masters, a.k.a. Muscle Bomber, <laughs> the body explosion. <laughs> this is uh, Mike That's what ha- happens when you sleep drunk up. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, this is uh, Mike Hagar's theme. It was composed by Masaki Izutani. Toshio Kajino, our buddy, uh, Sion Nishigaki, Ryu Mitsuzuki, and Nobuhiro Ouchi. Ouchi. Let's give it a listen. That was Mike Hager's theme from Saturday Night Slam Masters, also known as Muscle Bobber, The Body Explosion. From the arcade version, came out in 1993, composed by Masaki Izutani, Toshio Kajino, 
uh, Siu Nishigaki, Ryo Mitsuzuki, and Nobuhiro Auchi. And the first time I listened to this, just that first dun-dun-dun that right. came in, mm. I was like, this is Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. It sounds so much like that. And after having done a whole episode on that game, I was really familiar with that music. Mm-hmm. I went to go look at the composers behind Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Yep. Isayo Abe, Shun Nishigaki, Ryo Mitsuzuki, Toshio Kajino, and Nobuhiro Aoji. So yep. they're all the same composers. Right, sure. It makes perfect sense. They're working on the same hardware, the CPS-1 sound system. 1993 was right around that time. Yeah, exactly. Released, that yeah. game came out in 1993 as well. Yeah. So they were all probably just creating batches of music for right. video games, and they yeah. just kind of picked and choose which one they wanted to go into each game. So yeah, uh, it, was, it was really cool. This is almost kind of like a hidden Cadillacs and Dinosaurs track. Right, you know? yeah. Or vice versa. You know, a lot of the Cadillacs and Dinosaurs track might have been earmarked for this game, for True. all we know. Yeah. So what, what was your reason for picking this particular track, Cam? I assumed that, I mean, I knew that you guys had already done quite a bit of, like, the original Final Fight music and on other episodes. And, you know, even when we did Tough Tunes, I was like, I know you are, we already played a version of Bay Area, but I'm going to play it again, you know? So I was trying to branch out a little bit and get into that, like, extended universe or whatever as far as Capcom went. And I knew, I never played Saturday Night Slam Masters, but I'm aware of it. And I knew that Mike Hagar was in it, and I was like, surely he's got to have a theme, and sure enough, there it was. And this is, I mean, it's pretty good. I like it. You mentioned Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. When I was listening to these other themes, you know, some of them are legitimate remixes, but this one I was, like, listening to it, trying to think, well, I wonder if they've got any hints of, like, Final Fight music in here. The closest thing I can think of is um, Biker Gang or something. In the last section of the Bay Area, it's that music that's like, uh, na na I think it's pretty unlikely that that's the case because like you're saying it sounds a lot like Cadillacs and Dinosaurs and it's the same right. composers but there's like a little flavor in that if you if you want to like you know if, can, if, if it's possible to squint your ears you squint, squint <laughs> your ears a little bit and imagine turn your head sideways yeah right. yeah, yeah. Th- then then maybe you can pretend that that's the, where the inspiration for this track came from but it's pretty cool yeah and, may- and maybe that's why they chose this track to be Mike Hagar's theme is because the, the people behind you know the sound directors kind of looked at this music and was like yeah that kind of feels like Final Fight a little bit and so yeah. they, they, they threw it in there for him I think it does Makes yeah. sense so just to kind of give a little backstory to Mike Hagar he's a wrestler becomes a mayor for Metro City naturally uh, his his fighting style is uh, interesting. He's of Scottish descent, and really? uh, he's classically trained in Scottish backhold folk wrestling. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, if if you notice in like certain like games uh, that have Mike Hagar in it, he has a Scottish flag hanging up in the in his gym. Oh, I think really? that's going to be his final fight streetwise. Okay. Yeah, I, I believe so. I didn't notice it in that game, yeah. but yeah. A immediate way to make Final Fight an even better game is to have put Mike Hagar in a kilt. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah, so he is, he's been in a bunch of Capcom versus uh, games. Uh, he was also in Namco X Capcom. Been in the SNK versus Capcom Card Fighters Clash title. And, uh, you know, some of the Marvel vs. games, like Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, which recently came out. He wasn't the first character to appear in a versus game or in a Street Fighter game, though. That, I believe, was Guy. I believe he was in Alpha. 
guy was definitely an alpha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the first and only yeah. Final Fight character in that game. Yeah. And they started adding in Cody. Then they started adding in like Cody yeah. and. Wasn't wasn't Sodom in Street Fighter out or was that Alpha? 2? Oh yeah, you're right. Alpha you're 2. right. That was Alpha and, Two and Relento as well. Relento, yeah. yeah. This crossbreeding that we've been talking about throughout the entire episode kind of you know it doesn't surprise me that uh, they would create you know a more wrestling type of game. They may have even made the game specifically because they were like, let's put Hagar. In yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this was probably mm-hmm. even like a flashback kind of game where this flashes back to Mike Hagar's original career as right. a wrestler before he even became the mayor yep. of, uh, of of Metro City. So if you want a headcanon it, you could probably go in that direction. Yeah, and yep. also uh, Saturday Night Slam Masters had, a, had two sequels, Muscle Bomber Duo and Ring of Destruction Slam Masters 2. Yep, both in the arcade. Yes. These were really cool games. They kind of played between a like a cross between a wrestling game and a one-on-one like Street Fighter right. style yeah. game. I, th- I think the first one one was 2D, if I recall, but yeah. then the other ones had more of a like, like a free-moving kind of a wrestling ring feel yeah. to it. They got a little more wrestler style, but still kind of retained the the Street Fighter style moves. Yeah. But uh, I, I had this one on the Super Nintendo at my grandparents' house, so we would play it only on the weekends, me and my brother. But it was a, it was a lot of fun. You'd see the wrestlers come in and like all the smoke and like the, the spotlights and the strobe lights would be going off everywhere and the guys would run <laughs> into the ring and they would face off against each mm-hmm. other. So it really kind of brought that pageantry of wrestling to that you know standard kind of Street Fighter style combat. And it was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. I love the, uh, the box art. I remember seeing that in the rental store all the time and being tempted Somebody's getting like body slammed or something. When it comes to Saturday Night Slam Masters, I I always looked at it like, oh, that's pretty neat. Hagar's in it. Yeah, but, you know, it's a wrestling game. So I never really was that interested in it. But uh, it's probably, honestly, one of the best wrestling games ever made, at least on the Super NES. So. Well, not in the traditional wrestling sense. I mean, as a wrestling game, it's really good, right. but, I, but like as an accurate wrestling oh, game. Oh, sure. Like the Fire Pro series it's more are probably fantastical. a little more. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's more fantasy-based. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We should take this time to pick your favorite Final Fight character, at least from the first game. Oh, God. So what, what would you what would you say is your main I, I always... See, it used to be Cody. Okay. I just liked his, his balance of, of speed and power, but lately... I've been picking Hagar as oh, my really? favorite. I just like, the, he has a few more varieties of moves and throws. I like that he can grab an enemy and walk around so that you can like yeah, yeah. get to where a whole bunch of enemies are and then just throw them and knock them all over. Like grab or jump and do the jump. spinning pile drivers. No, yeah. no, just jump. Just jump up and down. Just jump up and down. <laughs> but like you're shaking them. Yeah. Let's go on a ride. Give, give me your lunch, buddy. <laughs> what about you, Cam? Oh, I definitely mained Cody for sure. Yeah. I love that you can you can stop pretty much anything you need to stop with those punches. Yeah, and and you can I've, punch knives I've, out of the air. It's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've I've lost my my thumb power apparently because when I've played it lately, I can't do it quite as well. But when I was a kid, man, I could just do that turbo on the Y button like forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never feel it. So yeah, I was stopping everybody except Katana. Because I don't think you have to like jump kick Katana if you want him to stop, but everybody else, all the and Andores and the fat guys <laughs> and everything, like Cody's awesome. No, I'm with you. Uh, I, Cody is is my pick as well. I always played as Cody. I like playing as Hagar, but I always felt like Hagar was way weaker, like defense wise. Hmm. So uh, Cody felt a little bit more balanced, where I, I always felt like I could go a little bit further with him, at least in the Super NES version. Hmm. But then yeah. when I play as Hagar, like I. I I feel like I it's more fun to play as Hagar, but 
because I, I couldn't get far enough in the game to beat the game with just Hagar, I, I would always just play as Cody. Makes sense, makes yeah. sense. Oh, interesting side note. Like the, I think the only way I've ever beaten Final Fight on any difficulty level is by playing as Cody up until Bay Area, then dying at Abigail, then playing as Hagar, then switching back to Cody for the final. Oh, interesting. For the oh, last neat. Level. Okay. I never uh, yeah. thought about doing that, like playing to strengths, depending on who you're yeah. fighting. Yeah. I I would kind of echo that as well. Hmm. I I would usually switch to Hagar um, on that Bay Area on that level because it's just so brutal. You're really running the gauntlet. So yeah. Let's move on to our next game. This is actually my pick. We haven't even gotten the Ed's picks yet. This is Mighty Final Fight on the NES. This came out in 1993. Uh, the track is Round 4, also known as the Factory Level, and it's by Setsuo Yamamoto and Yuko Takehara. And Mega Man fans will want to pay attention to this one because it is a Mega Man track. Mega Great! was Mighty... Mega Man. Mighty Mega Man. Mighty Final Fight for the NES came out in 1993. The track is Round 4 Factory by Setsuo Yamamoto and Yuko Takahara. That track, to me, is a holdover from Mega Man 6, which came out right around that time. Okay. Uh, so, the, to, just to me, personally, I, I feel like... Same composers? Same composers. So, uh, Yuko Takahara worked on Mega Man... 6 in 93, Mega Man X in 93, and of course Mighty Final Fight, Final Fight 2, Disney's Aladdin, Mega Man 2 The Power Fighters, Star Gladiator, Vampire Chronicle for Matching Service in 2000, you know, just a couple titles. Uh, His final game that he worked on was Mega Man 10 in 2010, and he was the composer, or one of the many many composers on that one. Okay. So, and then Sasuo Yamamoto, of course, we've talked about before, Mega Man X. Our uh, Mega Man X episode was basically a feature. Right. Yeah, Sasuo Yamamoto. To me, though, this track is totally Yuko Takahara. I don't think Setsuo Yamamoto really probably wrote this one. It This is right out of Mega Man 6. Yeah, this has more of like a jazzy or a bluesy feel, and Yamamoto's stuff seems more of like hard rock, yeah. metal kind of stuff. This That's exactly what I was thinking when I listened, when I revisited this recently, and I was going to pick a track, but then Mike picked one, and I was like, well, we don't need a bunch of them. Yeah, is it it's <laughs> just straight up? Like, I was trying to think, like, why doesn't this quite seem right for Final Fight? And it's because it's right for Mega Man. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And so Mighty, Mighty Final Final Fight is like a chibi version of Final Fight. So it does kind of, I guess, fit a little bit. It has more of a cartoony quality to it. I, I rented this. I think that's the only time I've ever played this game. I rented it when I was a kid. Oh, really? I was like, I already had a Super Nintendo. You know, this this was a really late release for the NES. Yeah, the Super was. Nintendo was already out, obviously, for at least two years. Yep. 
And uh, so I rented it and I, you know, I thought it was okay, but I think I was so into 16-bit at that point that going back to NES games were like, eh, you know, oh, this, really? this feels too right. old, you know? Huh. I didn't really get into it that much and I, don't, I didn't really have any interest in it after I returned it. Interesting. And then I sold my Nintendo off, so I was yeah. like, couldn't even play it anyway. So I didn't know about this game until probably, I'm gonna say high school, and I remember downloading an emulator and playing it on, on like, Nesticle. And I, I really loved this one, and I loved the music on it. But I never really thought to track a copy down, which is a real shame, because yeah. the game now is like a $300, $200, $300 game. Uh, if you get it on the NES, or if you uh, there was a port on the Game Boy Advance, which was part of the Capcom Classic Mini Collection, uh, which was a compilation of the NES ports of Bionic Commando and Strider. So you can get it there. The it's game, a pretty good collection. I, I, yeah, it's not bad. It's fairly cheap, and it's aside from using an emulator or a ROM, it's the cheapest way to probably get the game. Yeah. Uh, that or the 3DS uh, Virtual Console release or the Wii U uh, Virtual Console release. Okay, so you don't have to spend 200 to 300 bucks no, to play it. You, can, you do. You have a lot of different options out there. That's but. Cool. You could also buy the Famicom cart, which is way cheaper. It's like a $30 cart. Oh, that's cool, too. Um, you know, if you really don't need to know what the story is. But, you know, the story is a little different this time around. Uh, it is considered a spinoff from the main series, and the game is kind of told with, like, a more comical style of, of writing. Like, I love how when you go up to a boss, you can pick as uh, Cody, Guy, or Hagar. So all three are included in this version of the game. About time. And, yeah, right. And what's really funny to me is that um, when you approach a boss after you beat the level, the boss kind of like starts asking you questions. So he'll be like, do you want to join the Mad Gear gang? And then you'll be like, no. And then he'll be like, wah! <laughs> <laughs> How Just dare like, you? Yeah, yeah. And then he'll be like, I'm the baddest guy of all or whatever. And then you'll be like, no, you're not. And then he's like, wah! So it's, it's just like... This is how band auditions went for us, by the way. <laughs> oh, really? You were like, you should join the Mad Gear gang. And then, then you know... Like, there'd be a if guy. If they say no or yes, you still beat them up. I mean, it's just kind of part You still of say, wah! It's their initiation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Giant teardrops. <laughs> I, I thought that was funny. The, the style is more like chibi, like super deformed, cartoony, and, uh, you know, cutesy looking. So, you know, I, I thought it was kind of cool, the, the way that the visuals... Were, yeah, were and it was kind of like an RPG style feel to the game too, where you, you earn experience points to get new right. moves and stuff. It had like kind of a Final Fight mixed with River City Ransom kind of feel. A little That's bit. That's exactly yeah. what I was gonna say. I uh, I had never played this game until like a week ago, and I was like, well, you know, I, I can feel okay downloading the ROM for research purposes. So uh, I played like through the first couple of levels. It definitely feels like River City Ransom. Like looks, feels, it's a very similar game. See, I, I prefer this to. River City Ransom just because I, I don't know I never really got into River City Ransom I don't know what it is about that series I love Mighty Final Fight it's it's a great it's one of the best beat-em-ups on the NES in my yeah. opinion cool. um, so the plot wise instead of kidnapping Jessica for like political or monetary leverage against Hagar uh, Belger instead kidnaps her because he wants to marry her oh so he pulls a bounce yeah. yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah he just wants love this is what he all just the villain's love, real love. problem is. Right, right, right. Somebody should tell him that you can't become ruler of the city by marrying a, by marrying <laughs> Mayoring, the mayor's daughter. Marrying. Marrying the mayor's daughter. <laughs> you can't marry into mayorship. I'm sorry. It That's doesn't true. work that way. Uh, it's not the, Game of Thrones. Sh- no. The, the game has five stages and two bonus rounds where you have to destroy barrels. And 
it's just good. It's it's a great game. It's a lot of fun. I'll have I, to recheck it out. I haven't played it in quite a while. No, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's very simplistic and it's very easy. I, I played it a little bit last night. I booted it up on my EverDrive on the NES and. It is actually pretty easy, and I got to the final stage within, like, I'd say a half an hour. You know what I mean? Cool. So, like, and I, I couldn't beat it just because the last level is kind of a grind. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it's 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 a pretty easy game, and it's a lot of fun. So if you've got, like, an hour or so, check it out. Neat. Yeah. And the soundtrack so is great. Cool. So one thing I did want to mention as we go into the next track is that, so Final Fight 2 was released in 1993, as was Saturday Night Slam Masters, as was Mighty Final Fight, right. as was the next game on our list. Yes. So 1993 was like really the year of Final Fight for Capcom. They put out like three or four different releases that were related to Final Fight in some capacity. So so what's our next track coming Yeah, up? our next track is one of my final picks, uh, Mighty, it's from Final Fight CD, and this came out in 1993 for the Sega CD. And this track is West Side Ondor Cage Fight and Stage Ending, and it's by Tease Music. So let's, I don't know. CD it up. CD it up, there you go.
Alright, welcome back. That was... <laughs> Boy, was it. Final Fight impression. CD. <laughs> Sega CD release 1993 was the year. West Side Ondor Cage Fight and Stage Ending, and it was by Tease Music. And I, th- I think that's all I gotta say about that track is... I think I think I mentioned while we were listening to it that it sounds like, uh, you know, the guy from Daytona, USA, if he stuffed his mouth full of jalapeno peppers. And yeah. Like, roar, roar. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I have a soft spot for this music. I, I really dig the Sega CD soundtrack for what they tried to do. It's all rearranged music done by T's Music, specifically for the Sega CD version of Final Fight. This was developed and published by Sega. There were a lot of things that they did with this version of the game that kind of made it a return to form for the original arcade version. They kind of fixed some of the um, uh, censored stuff that was in the Super NES version. They put Poison and Roxy back in, but they made the skirt sizes longer, uh, the opening cutscenes a little different, the dialogues different. They, They tried to make it more in tune or more in line with the arcade version. They added the industrial level back in. You get to fight Rolento, so basically an answer to all the SNES stuff that was cut out. They're like, yeah, yeah this is the stuff we can do with the Sega CD. Exactly. You, know, you buy this one instead. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I do I do think content-wise that this is a better game. It also has some additional modes, I think, as well. Not Like, you know, you could do two-player, of course, yep. which is a first for the series aside from the arcade version, which is really cool. But I don't know. I feel like the, the biggest complaint that I have is the music... Because it's on a CD, when the track finishes playing, you get this, like, quiet, like, low... Like, the, the music completely cuts out, and then it kind of builds back up slowly. Yeah, you get this pause. Yeah, like it's, it fades in. Cuts the drama a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it you does. can't really do that, you know. I mean, so the, A, the Sega CD was new at that point, so right. they were just kind of trying to, trying to figure out how to loop music on a CD, even in Sonic CD. I mean, it, it, would, it would do that, and it's just right. kind of the limitation of the hardware, Absolutely. unfortunately. Yeah, it's just, you know, an unfortunate side effect of the fact that, you know, it's a CD quality track, but... Yeah. Uh, so, Cam, what's your opinion on this tune? I did... Well, okay, I like it, especially when we get to the little doodly-doodly-doo. Like know. the bass licks? <laughs> yeah, like, the, 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 those bass licks are awesome. Yeah, again, very 90s, like, just taking me straight back to childhood... And and it's just it's like like silly in a good way. When the vocals yes. come in, I'm like, okay, that's crossing the line for me. But it is <laughs> it is funny, and I do I do get a kick out of it. It's I'm gonna be honest though, it's hard to imagine like kicking ass to this. Um, right, I have the exact same opinion. Uh, it's a little like driving while reminiscing about how many people you beat up. Like a fun montage of, of Final Fight. Okay. Exactly, exactly. To me, it's it's not very it's not very tough, but I do I do kind of dig it. It's fun and groovy. Have you got neither of you played this? Oh, song? I've played this. I was going to say over and over again. I, right. I I own the game. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I kind of disagree. I I do think that you can play the game to this music. I I think it definitely when this when the singing comes in, it, it kind of like wakes you up a little bit because the the entire soundtrack up to that point doesn't really have any vocals, hmm. and then you get to this track and you're like, what? It just kind of <laughs> comes out of nowhere. Yeah. So it does kind of catch you off guard, but. Uh, if you look at it from the aesthetic and the, from the perspective of the fact that this is supposed to take place in like the 80s, mm. then it, it kind of makes sense because like you could be walking, you know, around and you know this music comes on and you know you start fighting. So that's always I don't know that's the way I always look at okay. it personally. Okay, yeah, true. 
as far as T's music goes, I mean, those are the guys that were behind, like, uh, Thunder Force, Lightning Force. Really? Uh, all of those crazy uh, metal Sega CD and TurboGrafx CD soundtracks. Some of the games that T's music did uh, soundtracks for, you can, you can find the actual credit names, but yeah. I haven't been able to find them anywhere on the web for this one, unfortunately. I can I can talk to Brian. I know he's got some contacts in T's music that yeah. maybe we can get some actual uh, composer credits for this game when we put the liner notes up. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, if you look up the composer list of all the people that were associated with T's music... There's like 20 it's, of them. There's like 20 or 30 people. Yeah. So it's a, it's a pretty huge list. We're not going to go over it. Um, some of the games that they've done, like Outrun for the Genesis, uh, Flicky, Bonk's Adventure for the Game Boy, Felix the Cat on the NES and the Game Boy... I don't know. They've, they've done a lot of stuff for the most part, but uh, they're kind of like the the rogue music group. You know, we were talking, mercenaries. <laughs> like we were talking the other episode, I think it was last episode, about like, uh, you know, Sega Sound Team and, uh, or it was the 100th episode. We were talking about like Sega Sound Team and, um, like Zuntada and Zuntada all those and that stuff. So T's music is like the unofficial, like, group that d- it wasn't really a part of one company. It was just T's music. Exactly. It's a third party. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Going back to something you said earlier, and this may be a really ignorant sounding question, but are you're saying there's an arranged version of the Lightning Force soundtrack? No, T's Music actually wrote the original soundtrack for Lightning Force. Okay. Okay. Well, that still makes me love them because uh, I, 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 I wasn't <laughs> aware of that. So that's cool. Yeah, no, it's fantastic yeah. music in that game. No, definitely. Uh, all right. So let's go ahead and move on to our next game. We're going to get out of 1993. We're going to move into 1993. Wait, hold on. I just realized I made a mistake. Not Lightning Force. I'm thinking of Lords of Thunder. Lords oh, of Thunder. Lords okay. of Thunder. I could see how Lightning he, Force was their weather not T's music. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're both weather related. I was like, you're go. telling me there's an arranged version of Lightning Force. I was thinking I was with Thunder, Thunder Force. Thunder Force, Lords of Thunder, Lightning Force. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. should just be a game that's called like... It's Ga- Gate of Thunder, Thunder and Lords of Thunder were the ones that T's music did. There just needs for. to be a shmup called Thunder Lightning. Lightning Thunder. Lightning Thunder. Yeah. yeah. Thunder of Lightning. Thunder of Lightning. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. That, uh, that was like instant <laughs> clarification corner. I like that. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're, sorry about we're that. We're new and improved on this uh, on on this uh, second generation of Pixel Tunes yeah. Radio. Yeah, yeah. processing do, speed. We, yeah, yeah. We we have blast processing. <laughs> <laughs> blast. All right. So let's jump into 1995. This is uh, another cam track that he picked. Uh, what do you got for us? This is from Final Fight Three for the Super Nintendo, as you might imagine. This is titled For Metro City. It was composed by Yuki Iwai and Yuko Takahara. All right. Let's rock out.
All right, that was for Metro City from Final Fight 3 for the Super Nintendo, composed by Yuki Iwai and Yuko Takahara. And Crying Babies. And Little Crying Babies. <laughs> it's a Little Crying Baby remix. Yeah, that, that actually works out pretty well. It's like a wicka wicka wah! <laughs> I definitely rented this one and Final Fight 2, and I feel like both of the games I just breeze through. Like, I have no lingering memories of them being particularly difficult. Mm-hmm. And granted, I may have just put it on easy and just blown through it, you know, in a couple days or whatever, but I remember almost nothing about the game. I've replayed it recently, and it is pretty good. And at least on paper, it's the best Final Fight game because it's got the most features. Uh, I got a lot of good playable characters. And uh, is this one co-op or not? Do you know? Yeah. Yes. I've played it recently and it, it holds up. It's pretty neat. It definitely feels more like Streets of Rage than the original Final Fight, but I don't think... Agreed. That... It, I don't mean that in a bad way. I think it works. Yeah, I think we were talking about that earlier. Street. I think Streets of Rage was so much more advanced than the original Final Fight and it kind of capitalized on all these extra moves that, uh, you know, a lot of people would bring up and and conversations and he'd be like oh well you know Final Fight can't do this yeah. you can do this in street, Streets of Rage yeah yeah mm-hmm. so I think you know Capcom was definitely listening to fans at that point and uh yeah, and I think also because by this point, Street Fighter 2 had taken off. Yeah. And so, like, even in Mega Man X, like, Capcom was putting Street Fighter 2-esque moves in right. literally everything. Yeah. Hadoukens and stuff like that. So you get a lot of those quarter-circle toward and half-circle-style mm-hmm. special moves in Final Fight 3 as well. Mutant Apocalypse, like we mentioned uh, last time. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah. Well, the X-Men had uh, Street Fighter-style moves, so... Right. I think that kind of makes this gameplay-wise probably my favorite Super Nintendo Final Fight, even though just from a nostalgia and aesthetic and character standpoint, I really think that the first Final Fight takes that award. So it's kind of like having two favorite kids, but, you know, You'll, you'll, one is way You'll love them for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, one's kind of kind of like ugly but really smart, and the other one's like, you know, really suave and charming but kind of right. dumb. So, right, right. kind of like, you just love them differently. That's all. Gotcha. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I, I, good to know that that's well, how. That's high kids. When I want to play, I didn't say they were my kids necessarily. Wink, wink. Right. <laughs> But I think when I when I want to play a really good beat 'em up on the SNES, this is one of the games that I choose a lot. And I've played through this game multiple times. There are branching paths that you can take, so you can get different endings. Um, there are a couple different things you can do throughout the game. There's, like I said, there's a, a special move meter, so you can pull off like extra special attacks that are really cool looking sometimes, and they'll yeah. destroy like everybody on the screen at once. Uh, so there's a lot of variety, a lot of different depth style moves that you can pull off in this game that makes it a lot of fun and not just hitting the punch button over and over and over again. Yeah, it's a shame that uh, Capcom never really capitalized on making another sequel. I would imagine that because this was such a late release for the uh, Super Nintendo that you know they, they didn't want to make a Final Fight 4, technically speaking, so they didn't stick with that beat-em-up. Because I, I really think they nailed the formula with this game. I, you know, similar to uh, Cam's experience, I rented both Final Fight 2 and 3 back in the day. I liked 2, I thought it was good, but I thought that they went in a different direction with 3 that was better for the series and would make it longer lasting, but at the same time, I, I, I kinda felt like there was a, like, a little bit too much story in 3. Like, I feel like 2 hmm. really didn't have that much story. It was more like the first game where it was like, there was an intro cutscene yeah. and there was an outro. I don't think I've ever had a complaint about too much story in a game. No. It's one of my favorite parts of a game, so... <laughs> yeah. I think it's cool. I just think it's different that they went in this aspect of, uh, you know, m- maybe bumping up story 
a little bit more than the earlier games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, they also in this game kind of made um, uh, more Street Fighter references. Yeah. Because now you've got two different characters. You've got Dean and Lucia Morgan. Dean was a former Street Fighter, so he was in the Street Fighter circuit. Mm -hmm. So then he ends up wanting to to help out, you know, the storyline in, in Final Fight Three. So I think that's where you get a lot of these Street Fighter style moves. It's almost like playing as a Street Fighter that never existed in a in a Final Fight game. So right. So you can play as Hagar and Guy. They both return to the game. And uh, Lucia Morgan is a detective in the Metro City special crimes unit and so she kind of joins up with these other characters to defeat the crimes uh, were were quite special they were yes. they were so the she joins uh, up with everybody else to take on a new gang called the skull cross gang and uh i guess she apparently owes mike hagar a favor for helping her uh fix some some not so she was accused of like corruption in the police force right right and so uh the mayor like helped clear her name of those right. crimes so she she kind of owes him a favor so that's why she's she's helping him fight in this game right and she is a friend of of cody's so you you do kind of get cody in there at some point or in some aspect yeah and then dean is uh as we said uh a previous street fighter uh, the Skull Cross Gang took over the Mad Gear Gang's territories, and then they tried to recruit Dean as a member. And when Dean declined, uh, the gang murdered his family. Yep, that's the Mad Gear that's for you. Pretty harsh. So Dean obviously is uh, carrying a, he, he carrying a, both uh, both literally and figuratively a totem pole of, of revenge uh, by carrying around a picture of his family wherever he goes. Yep, exactly. <laughs> He's a man with nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. That is pretty much the series uh, finale. We've got to mention the reimagining, the cringy reimagining of Hagar with the ponytail. <laughs> oh, with the ponytail? The, the yeah. swooping ponytail in some of those cutscenes. And the. I, I don't know if he had knee pads in the second one, but they're very prominent in the, in the third yeah. one. I'm almost positive he did. You know, he was also getting older. He's a retired wrestler. <laughs> got to protect those aging shins. Maybe, yeah, you know? yeah. Maybe he's got os maybe he's got osteoporosis and he's maybe. worried about breaking limbs. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I think in the second game he also had a ponytail, if I recall. Uh, maybe. I think. So. I know at least the third one. It's Definitely like, the third. It's one. like uh, like Ken Street Fighter Alpha style, right. like long, like down yeah, past yeah. his butt. It's absurd. yeah, yeah. It's pretty it's bad. Pretty funny. Yeah. You just want to yank it and just pull them right over, you know? <laughs> yeah, it just def definitely doesn't seem like the best strategic idea. I don't know. I can see shin guards, but the um, the ponytail maybe would kind of slow you down a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So as far as the music goes, Cam, why did you pick this particular track from the game? This track is pretty cool, I think. It's very shreddy. It's very... Um, J Fusion, like uh, T Square or something like that, because you've yep, got yep. that main theme, the dun, 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 and it always goes back to that, but then with these intermittent uh, solos. So it feels very, again, feels very fusion y in that regard, because you've got kind of a, a highlight, you know, first with the bass player, then with the keys, then with like kind of a melodica type voice, and it, it's it's like it's featuring band members, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's got more of a live band feel to it. And I think even though the, the instrument set is kind of similar to what they used on Final Fight 2, I think the, the composition feels more beat-em-up. It feels a little more tough, a little more aggressive than a lot of the smoother rock and roll style stuff that was in Final Fight 2. It felt more like Mega Man X, which yeah, is what but, I appreciated. Yeah. I, I liked that style a lot more. I thought it was uh, a little bit tougher sounding, as we said earlier. And I think it was a, a much better sound 
font, if you will, uh, as compared to like uh, Final Fight 2. Yeah, exactly. And so speaking of tough music from this game, we've got one more track from Final Fight 3, which I picked for a change. Oh my god, I actually get to play a song this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's play Law and Disorder again from Final Fight 3, composed by Yuki Iwai and Yuko Takehara. That was Law and Disorder from Final Fight 3, which came out on the SNES in 1995, composed by Yuki Iwai and Yuko Takehara. A lot of the fight music in Final Fight 3 is like recycled over and over again. You kind of hear the same tracks on like different stages as you go throughout right. the game. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that uh, Cam picked for Metro City because that was my, my, my second favorite track from this game. But this was the one that always stood out to me. I really just love the groove for this one. And mm. even though it's about a 30 second loop, like I could just listen to it over and over and over again. Um, this plays probably at least like five or six times throughout the entire Final Fight 3 game. I love the chunky kind of bass groove that comes in and then those those high like whistly tones i don't know they yeah, remind me oh. of uh so you're not a fan of those oh man but you know you know what it is about those i don't mind them if they only happen once mm. but that rep like the repetition of like it's funny because one of it sounds like a record skip one of my favorite tracks of all time on the Genesis is the song Jurassic Dope from Contra Hardcore yes. and it has the same kind of yep. high pitched like like West Coast rap style right. like from the, from yeah. the late, late 90s early 2000s yeah. that that style almost almost like a like a theremin or something yeah. um, mm-hmm. and normally I don't like real music that has well real music but you know popular music that has that right. but when video games do it for some reason I think it sounds really cool so but th- this one is this is like the the essence of tough like i think of yeah. like like you it should know, have been on tough tunes oh yeah I, th- I think of like cam's <laughs> mad gear band and i think like a track like this like guys dressed up in leather with headbands like rocking out to this kind of music because is that kind of like the feeling that you get cam well now that you've brought it up yes the first thing i thought when i heard this though was that somebody was like hey we need some streets of rage sounding Mm. tracks yeah i really hear that that groove is very new jack swing and very like house sounding like like kind of fast swing kind of thing yeah definitely it's almost like an answer to use okoshiro's music that's exactly what i was thinking and those whistly things sound a little more like um i don't mean this in a bad way but unnatural like they don't sound like an actual instrument they sound Mm. 
like a lot of the Streets of Rage stuff, which was very electronic-y. I think it's really cool, though, and an, an interesting kind of, what is it, Super Adventure Island? There's at least one track on Adventure Island that uh, that has that, that same kind of instrument in it. Right, so it's it's interesting to take you know something that was definitely popularized on the Genesis hardware and hearing it on the Super Nintendo and how it sounds and it I mean in this case anyway it sounds really cool. I I just think maybe there's more than one way that Streets of Rage influenced this particular game. You know, obviously we've got the gameplay with the combos and whatnot, but maybe the sure. music to a degree. For sure. Didn't even think about it like that. Yeah. Very true. I like the track. I love that groove. I hate that noise. <laughs> that, that, just, I, and I love squealing guitar. Don't get me wrong. But if, if a guitar track was like... It just it sounds like a guitar's having a seizure. Like I don't know. So that that was my only complaint about this track. But otherwise I love that groove. I love I also like it's weird, like whenever that that, that part came, the really annoying whistle, I, I was like, alright, I don't listen to it, don't listen to it. Okay, what's going on in the background? Okay. Alright, that's kinda cool. So I like had to listen to the rhythm. Yeah. To get in. But it's really the, hard to kinda get around that. Right, instrument. right. Because yeah. it's just so like uh, so It was I, a practice I, in meditation for you though. Yeah, so maybe yeah. Like I, your I, your mind is more powerful now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so uh, but I, I dig what was going on in the background with the with the rhythm at that point when that like high high pitch whistle was was kind of playing. So Very cool. it, was, it was cool. I, I, I dig it. I don't even remember this track and I really don't remember much of Final Fight 3. I remember the opening cutscene and I think that's really it. Like I couldn't tell you really much about the game. Yeah, you should you should play through it again. I think it's probably yeah. a lot better than what you remember. Oh, I re- I remember it being a good game. I yeah. just don't like anytime I want to play Final Fight, I always go with the first one. So yeah, yeah, no, understandable. Yeah, and it's kind of like Mighty Mighty Final Fight in the sense that if you want to play the real thing, good luck because that cartridge goes for quite a bit. I can't remember how much, but not as much as you'd think. Um, really, you can get yeah, you can get this cart for about eighty bucks. Yeah, so it's okay. not okay. too terrible. It's it, it's it's kind of dropped in price a little bit because the virtual console release. It was like oh, over a okay. hundred dollar car, and I think it's dropped a little bit. People aren't getting us getting you know as much money for it now nowadays. So that well, that's the safe save face on my part, I'm going to say I looked up the price like a year, you know, a couple of years ago before that yeah. happened. So I'm still right. I'm still right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's no, just right uh, in the past. It was like a sixty dollar game, and then it jumped, and then it dropped down. So it's it's kind of bounced back and forth, but. Uh, you know, hopefully all these games drop in value and everybody can buy them. Right. And if you do right. want to buy it for that price, you're still going to get a good game for it. It's Absolutely. not like you're going to get a piece of crap for, oh, for, that, for your money. Oh, It's so. not like, you know, Color a Dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. All right. So let's move on. So now we're kind of moving past the original three Final Fight games into games that are uh, either remakes or special, special guest appearances by Final <laughs> Fight characters. Uh, it, it's less part of the traditional Final Fight universe. So uh, what is our next game up, Cam? This is from Street Fighter Alpha 2 for the arcade. This is Guy's Theme. And wow, there's a lot of composers, so bear with me. This is uh, Siyun Nishigaki, Setsuo Yamamoto, our buddy. Tatsuro Suzuki, Iso Abe, Yuko Takihara, Naoki Iwami, and Naoshi Mizuta.
Alright, that was Street Fighter Alpha 2, the arcade release from 1996. That was Guy's Theme by Syun Nishigaki, Setsuo Yamamoto, Tatsuro Suzuki, Esayo Abe, Yuko Takahara, Naoki Iwami, and Naoshi Mizuta. I really like this track. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a fantastic... This is a rendition of what? What's the Slums track? Slum Alleyway. Slum Alleyway yeah. from the first game. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, a, just a nice groovy feel to it. Fantastic music. What would what, you think of it, Cam? I mean, you picked this. So obviously, you, you like it. Yeah, again, um, the Alpha series is not something I'm super familiar with. I'm pretty sure I played the SNES port. Um, I remember renting that, but I, don't, I didn't remember this theme in particular. But when I was checking some stuff out, again, that's kind of in that extended Final Fight universe, I was like, ah, oh, I know there's remixes for the uh, the Street Fighter series, especially when you know those Final Fight characters were in Street Fighter. And uh, found this one, and I was—I just thought it was a really neat rendition. And uh, again, it's got a nice little J fusion feel to it, and uh, it's very recognizable. Like I like that it, to me, it hugs to the original just enough, and takes some different ideas with it just enough. Like it's not too far out there for me to appreciate. Yeah. So I really dig it. The original track was written by uh, Isayo Abe, and you can—you can definitely see the the similarities. In like that baseline to Sagat's theme from mm. oh, yeah, Street yeah. Fighter Two, dun 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 dun, dun. you know it has mm-hmm. that kind of samba meets really progressive kind of like bizarre time signature feel to it. Right. And it, it's, this track does a lot of time changes all the way through it, and I think whoever arranged it, I'm not I'm not sure who the arranger was, but they they did a really good job at kind of making it feel like that jazz fusion sound, even though the original didn't didn't have so much that feel to it. It was more of like a progressive rock style track. Kind of like a samba thing. Like a yeah, da, yeah, da, yeah. Da, 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 da. Like, yeah. I dig this track. I, I really do enjoy it. This is going to sound weird, but the fact that it's Guy's theme kind of throws me off. Just because I'm so ingrained with the idea that the only two characters in Final Fight are yeah. Cody and Hagar. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, anytime somebody's like, oh, my favorite character's Guy, I'm like, What's wrong with you? Like, who is that? Who is that? And I mean, there was a version that came out. Uh, it was a blockbuster exclusive that came out. It was basically the first Final Fight game with some slightly um, uh, retooled power-ups, and they replaced Cody with Guy, and they yeah. called it Final Fight Guy. Right. And that, that was, was a, a retail release on the Super Famicom in right. Japan, but it was a blockbuster-only rental in right. the U.S. Yeah. Right, right. If you're like me, you wish you had rented the game and just kept it and paid the $30 or whatever. Yes. Yeah, because that's really expensive now. Yep, yep, yeah, definitely. But uh, and it's not even worth it because it's just the first game. But you could play as Guy unless Guy is your favorite character, in which case you want to play with him. Yeah, in which case you're stupid. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So that's that's my only gripe is that to me it'll always be Cody and Hagar, but. yeah. And that's yeah. My... well, there's also I don't I can't remember if it's Marvel versus Capcom, but it's another game, a more recent game that Hagar's featured in, and it's again a retooled version of this track, not not the original uh, Slum Alley. The original, track, but right. it's it's Hagar's theme, and like I looked okay. it up on YouTube, and everybody was like, "No, this is guy's theme," and the, <laughs> I, I definitely didn't want to pick that rendition because a it was way more like moderny and electronicy. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't as into it, but apparently they just Capcom loves recycling this one in particular. So it's a great theme. It's one of my favorite tracks from the original Final Fight soundtrack. So yeah. I can I can listen to renditions of it all day long. Yep. Cool. All right. Cool. So what do you got for us next, Ed? Next up is one of everybody's favorite Final Fight titles, Final Fight Revenge. 
Uh, no, that was complete sarcasm. So this is the theme from Damned, who was the first boss from the original Final Fight. All right, we're going to have to censor that. This is... Yeah, I know. Naughty language. I'm thinking Thrasher? Does that work? Thrasher was his other name. Was yeah. that was that his name in the, yeah. the Final Fight? Yeah. I, I hardly ever play the SNES version anymore. But anyways, so Thrasher's theme from uh, composer Jim Wallace. And this was a Sega Saturn Japanese exclusive release. Came out in the year 2000. Welcome back. That was Damned, or Thrasher's theme, from the game Final Fight Revenge, which came out on the Saturn Japanese exclusive in the year 2000, composed by Jim Wallace. And this is basically like, what, like a three-minute-long ringtone from, like, Samsung? (laughs) (laughs) That's a little Um, too accurate. Wow. Yeah, so I... I don't know. This... I wanted to pick a track from this game because it's a dedicated Final Fight game and it deserves to be in our little chronology, but the soundtrack is really, really not that good. And and Dan's theme is like the only one that I felt had any sort of decent instrumentation to it, even though it's incredibly repetitive and uses like sample-based music in a way that nobody should really ever use sample-based music. (laughs) So uh, the rest of the soundtrack is all really like MIDI, light jazz, the instruments aren't that great. Uh, it's not very well composed. Like, Dam's theme is the only one that I guess kind of sticks out for people because it has that kind of heavy percussion. It's more sample instead of MIDI based. 
Uh, and it starts off great. And then as it goes on, you're kind of like, wait, this is just like, like sections of four stanzas like repeating over and over and over again. And I'm like, okay, like maybe a 30 second loop of this would have been cool, but right. but maybe not the full like minute and a half, two minutes that it runs. I, very meandering. I, right. I feel like this would have been a good track to put in the in like the menu selection when you're like choosing what oh, yeah, you want to yeah, do. Yeah. But like to make this as like a character's theme, no. Well, granted, the the battles in Final Fight Revenge do not last for very long. Right. So you're probably not even going to hear this whole thing play all the way through, even through like two or three rounds of music. Sure. The game itself is super blocky. It, it was the last Sega Saturn game ever released. Mm-hmm. So and, and and again, it was a Japanese exclusive. So and Capcom's final yep. game released, and it was developed by the American branch of Capcom, but yet it was only released in Japan. So all in all, all signs know. point to a game that's just not that fantastic. Yeah. And it was kind of rushed out I think um, I think you know Capcom was gonna be you know focusing on Dreamcast releases at you know going forward obviously sure and they had a huge presence on the Dreamcast too so they're probably just kind of like trying to shuffle this out the door slap the Final Fight logo on it maybe people will buy it or whatever and then just you know forget about it forever so mm-hmm. um, because of that the game is still pretty valuable I think more based on the limited release instead of the actual quality right. of the game yeah the game is very stiff you know it's it's cool to see these characters kind of come to life so like there's Eddie E from the original uh, game uh, again Thrasher or Damned he's kind of like uh, this Jamaican kind of guy mm-hmm and then Cody and all the all the characters from from Final Fight all in, in You can play as Andor, right? You can play as Andor too. Yeah. So <laughs> there's uh there's a lot of different characters and and it's it's cool seeing them come to life in a 3D realm and having a little more personality to them. But once you actually start fighting, you're like, I'm not really having much fun yeah. with this. Yeah. So a I, lot of variety there. I don't I don't think you've already said it is what's the like genre of the game. I mean, is it more one-on-one uh, or Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a tech Street style fighter. fighter yeah or like rival schools yeah kind of, more, well of. rival schools is more 2d this this definitely has like a 3d plane mm-hmm. aspect to it you can you can move back and forth uh and then you can basically you there are a lot of weapons and items that are kind of like thrown all over the floor you can bash open crates and stuff so you have to get these items because the items are super powerful as soon as you get an item if you can uh get off a hit on the other guy, you you take like 50 to 75% of their health. But wow. it's, it's kind of hard to get to these items and it's kind of even harder to use them without getting hit in the process. So mm. it's kind of like a like a battle to see who can get these items and use them before the other person can. I mean, it's not like Power Stone in the sense that, you know, you get free range. It's not 3D free roaming. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, but like I said, Rival Schools is more of like a 2D game with polygonal characters. Right. This has more of like a 3D aspect to it. Like you can roll forward and backward and stuff like, like right. you can in Tekken. Like a Bushido Blade kind of uh, sort of. Yeah, no, no, more like, more like Tekken. It's its own special Tekken or like special. Soul Calibur, like that that style of game. Right, right, right. Where you fight on a two D plane, but you can roll back and forth and dodge in and out of the screen, stuff right. like that. Like Dead or Alive, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But yeah. as for the music, this is like, this is probably the least tough thing I've ever heard. <laughs> this is, I it's, know, it's kind of like something you'd hear in a cafe, like downtown New York or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Have you have you heard the Global Gladiator soundtrack? I mean. That no, intro that, theme. That's uh, awesome. So I'm not sure what you're <laughs> talking about. Uh, awesome. But I think I think you're talking from a Final Fight perspective. Yeah, and like Mike said, it just sounds like menu music or just hanging out music or something. Yep. Even then, it doesn't sound like Damn slash Thrasher hanging out. It sounds like 
my you know uncle hanging out. So, or like, yeah, maybe it belongs in like a Cadillac video with like uh, Matthew McConaughey driving through a night street or something like that. I, yeah. I particularly did like loathe the. What is that? Is that like a duck playing they a trumpet? Are, they like, are trumpets hanging out in a tree, okay. calling like birds to each other. Hang out with Sam's uncle. Yeah, exactly. Right. The gotcha. only thing I like about this is that it it, it extends the the. The mythos that exists only in my head that the Magyar band has horns. So, uh, other than that, you know, we would never play it because, again, it's like it's just very weak and casual and boring. So, you know. just like your mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, those are okay qualities to have in a mom. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> your 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 mom's the one that that won't let you play. Uh, fi- this final is true. Fight, this so. is true. Right? Yes, it was my <laughs> casual mom that let me play most games. So, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I concede. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to my last pick of the day. Final Fight 1 on the Game Boy Advance. This is the 2001 re-release of the title. And this is Double Ondor by Seiko Kobuchi and Toshio Kajino. That was Final Fight 1 on the Game Boy Advance, so the re-release that came out in 2001. The track was Double Ondor. It's also sometimes credited as Mad Gear Gang. Uh, it's by Seiko Kobuchi and Toshio Kajino. Yeah, I think Mad Gear Game is a is a or Mad Gear Gang is a mistake. I think on YouTube there's a track that labels this as Mad Gear Gang, but it's not because Mad Gear Gang is the intro, is the name right. of the intro song to okay. the game. Hmm. So it must probably be like just, just somebody made an error. Yeah. This is this is called Double Andre in the uh, in the official soundtrack. You mean Double Andor. Whatever you want to call him. <laughs> Andre Gugu. <laughs> so, Cam, have you uh, played this version of the game? No, I would love to, but I haven't. Yeah, and it's worth it's worth picking up. Okay. Tell me about it, won't you? Uh, sure. So, it is a It's like Final Fight but in the palm of your hand. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Uh, so it is super the Super NES version brought to the Game Boy Advance. So they kind of added some stuff. Like Guy. Yeah, they did. They added Guy. Uh, I think they added the industrial level, right? Yeah. I mean, every, everything is basically back. And it, it does have two-player mode through the link cable. Yeah. Uh, the, the censorship is still there. So Billy and Sid are, are back instead of uh, Poison and Roxy. Thank but God. Uh, yeah, so... And, and the, the bonus levels, too, I think, are uh, returned. Yes, the bonus levels are there. And there's also, like, cool graphics. There's a little more storyline, so the characters talk to each other when you meet a boss. Yes. And there's really cool artwork. Yeah, the artwork is all, like, Street Fighter Alpha, like, redesigned. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of the cutscenes. So, like, when you get to the boss, you'll 
have these interactions. It's not like Mighty Final Fight where they'll be like, am I the coolest guy around? And then you're like, no. And they're like, wow. Yeah, I think it's meant to be like that in Mighty Final Fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and That's yeah. just the whole concept behind it. It's kind of like a parody of those kind of games. Right. I kind of wish that the series was like that, though. <laughs> or like, you meet up with Katani, he's like, I have the coolest swords in the world, right? And no. then Cody's like, nah. And then he's like, wow. <laughs> But yeah, so and, and the music is all kind of like high energy, like remixes of the original yeah. soundtrack. I really like that you picked this one because this is one of my favorite selections from the, the soundtrack. And it's got this really like breakbeat behind I love it. It works very, very well yeah. with the music. I wish the lead instrument was a little more prominent. Mm-hmm. It, like it's buried behind the, the, the bass like and the, the drums. Yeah, like diddly diddly doo. Like it's all very, very quiet behind these huge percussion and rhythm sections. Yeah, the percussion's a little overpowering in this one. But it's it's great. It's uh, I really like this version of this song. Mm-hmm. Probably, honestly, more so than the Super NES. <gasps> I'm gonna sacrilege. Say, I, how dare you? I know. I really like the Super NES version, but this was always one of my least favorite tracks. So when I heard this version of it, I picked this up when it came out on the Game Boy Advance, and I just remember listening to the songs and being like, wow, this is really good. Oh, like, it's like the Ugly Duckling that turned into a swan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I love the Super NES soundtrack, and, uh, you know, while I, I appreciate what they did with it back then, I felt like this was like a reinvigorated version of that soundtrack. Yeah, no, I, I definitely and think that. There, there's just some tracks in this game in Final Fight 1 that kind of sound a little bit, like, I don't know, muted. Like, the instrumentation that Capcom was using on the Game Boy Advance for all their remakes, like yeah. Breath of Fire 2 and Breath of Fire, and like, they're not bad. They're just different right. sounding. Yeah. And so, like, if you if you can't adapt to it, 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 it can at times kind of sound a little, like, harsh at points, and also, at the same time, a little muted. Another good example is Mega Man and Bass. If you listen to Mega Man and Bass versus Rockman and Forte, they're like to- totally different soundtracks right, in terms right, of Right, right, yeah. Game Boy Advance music hardware was just, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many problems with it. You yeah. know, A, you've got that, that difference between the clearer uh, Game Boy legacy sound channels, yeah. plus those really staticky sample channels that the yeah. Game Boy Advance had, and then plus the fact that the Game Boy Advance like put this layer of fuzz over everything, like compressed the audio before it came out yep. of the system. It was just, it was just bad. But yeah. getting like aside from that, Cam. So what, what did you, what did you think of how they remixed this particular track based on the Yes Hands version? I like again along the the lines of Guy's theme. I like this reimagining of it. That kind of trashy breakbeat stuff is kind of neat. And yeah. uh, the you know the coolest part of the track, the little diddly diddly doo, like that's still in there. It's very prominent. Diddly diddly doo, weedly diddly. And um, <laughs> I, I, for my part, you know, uh, it's it's it is hard to imagine any version being better than the Super Nintendo version. Especially, I've always loved how much Tom stuff there is in the SNES version. Which and this oh, yeah. one especially, yeah. it's very prominent. That beep 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 beep, beep kind of thing. And just <laughs> they, they've got such a distinct tone to them, and it's so neat. Uh, but this one is really cool in its own right. I think I kind of get what you guys are saying. I never owned a Game Boy Advance, and I don't not like this kind of chippy sound, but I definitely feel like it's, it gets a little cloudy at times, kind of like with, uh, for instance, um, like some of the Castlevania. Like your mom. Yeah, like my mom. Yeah, um, the Castlevania soundtracks on the original Game Boy. Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. you kind of feel like there's too much going on, even though it's, mm-hmm. it sounds really neat. 
Uh, I like this a lot, though. I think it's cool. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, another cool uh, thing to mention about the Game Boy Advance version of Final Fight 1 is that they introduced uh, a bunch of unlockables, uh, like some harder difficulties, uh, in addition to like some changes in like the like one-up system, or, like how you can get one-ups. And they also... Can you actually uh, give Hagar a shirt? You can change their costumes. Why would you want to? No, you can change their costumes. Uh, I don't know if Hagar had a change of costume. I think it was just like different colors. So you can, as you like beat the game or like beat the stages or whatever, you unlock different colors, but also for the two characters that were in uh, Street Fighter Alpha games or Street Fighter games, uh, Cody and Guy, they have their unlockable costumes. Oh, right, right, from, right. You can put his prison, prison right, uniform on. Right, you can put Cody's, Cody's prison. Yeah. yeah, I never really liked the fact that they put Cody in prison. Like Me neither. Ca- canon yeah. style. Speaking of like, which, why don't yeah, we move on to our next explo- track? We should, we're going to explore we'll, that. We'll, we'll explore that when we, when we talk about this next yes. game. So gotcha. uh, let's listen to Bar Fight from DJ Default, otherwise known as Brad Foch, Raymond Herrera, and Christian Habenicht. And this is from Final Fight Streetwise, which came out on the PS2 in 2006. This is Barf Ite. Barf Ite. Gotcha.
All right, that was Bar Fight from Final Fight Streetwise. Came out on the PS2 in 2006. Uh, written by Brad Foch, otherwise known as DJ Default, Raymond Herrera, and Christian Habenite. And Wes Borland of Limp Bizkit. And Wes Borland and <laughs> everybody from Limp Bizkit and or the collective that is known as Fear Factory plus Cypress Hill. Um <laughs> Yeah, and well, if, I mean, talking about Fear Factory is probably right. uh, uh, appropriate here because Raymond Herrera is the the drummer and founder of Fear Factory. Plus, right. he's done so much other stuff. I mean, yeah. he's done a lot of games. He's worked with Brujeria, uh, Assassino, Phobia, Archaea. So he's got uh, music production experience, plus drum experience, plus like remixing and uh, like industrial music experience as yeah. well. So he's the he's the main person behind this particular track. Uh, DJ Default wrote most of the music for the game, which has a much more hip-hop feel to it. The On the uh, game itself, if you look at the, the files, this a particular song file is called Herrera 1. There's Herrera 1 and Herrera 2, so he those are the two tracks that he worked on. Uh, so this one is called Bar Fight in the, in the actual soundtrack, but it's definitely mostly composed by him. And then Christian Habenicht is uh, he's a, he's just a, like a session musician, so he did most of the guitar parts. Uh, he's a music producer as well. He's married to a woman named Melinda, and she has her own like singer songwriter kind of band. Oh, okay. And so he plays guitar on on all her CDs and stuff too. So, I like to imagine it's, um, he chugs. It's like chugging on on her singer songwriter stuff. Right, I know. I, I haven't heard any of her music, but from her website, it seems mostly like you know very whimsical, kind of folky stuff. Right. <laughs> but uh, you know, in the background, there's like it's probably more like uh, probably like adult contemporary type. Yeah, stuff. that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, this. But music, all the song lyrics are about Final Fight. That would so. be amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> baby, you take my heart. Hagar, come back to me. Yeah, yeah. You put my heart uh, in a, a flying pile driver. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness gracious! Smash me in the face with a steel pie. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean this this music is everything I loved about early two thousands music. Huge grindy beats with very chuggy guitars. Lots of kind of like hip hop influence with some some nice little breakdowns with like little organ parts. But then it goes right back into that 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 really heavy stuff. Uh, a lot of people hated this game. I think I'm maybe one of the only people on the planet that actually enjoyed playing through this one. Uh, and the soundtrack definitely I think, so. definitely I think you're literally the only person. <laughs> very well maybe. I've never heard anybody say good things about this game. <laughs> Here's your plaque. Uh, you know, I'm not going to... I haven't played it, so I can't diss it. But I will say that from what I've heard and seen and watched online about this game it is from what i understand the developers of this game who also made final fight revenge the fighter that we talked about earlier yep, yep. so they made that game they made a bunch of other games like maximo and also um they later on made the golden axe mm -hmm. uh, beast rider right uh, the remake of or the reboot of, of golden axe and they seem from what I read uh, about their experience with Final Fight, they really did try to make an appropriate like Final Fight sequel. To give you an example, Final Fight Seven Sons was a canceled 3D beat 'em up, uh, similar to the older Final Fight games developed by uh, Capcom Studio Eight, and this was before Final Fight Streetwise. So I kind of feel like I'm not sure if that's the same development team, but I know that like it, it kind of gets confusing because Capcom USA was kind of like all wrapped up 
with a bunch of different development houses. Yeah. So, this was the only US-based one, though, I think. I believe so. So they tried to make a game that was very similar to the Super NES, like beat-em-ups, uh, used a rail cam system, and th so the aesthetics were very similar to like the Super NES Final Fight games. Yeah. And it would have been pretty cool. It got canceled, unfortunately. It was supposed to come out on PS2. The developers were told that, uh, unfortunately, the game would not suit their quote-unquote core audience. And so they ended up making the game more like Grand Theft Auto. So that's really... Because Grand Theft Auto was huge back then. Yeah. Like, like Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto Vice City... Those were out around right, the time. Right. Open world 3D stuff. Yeah. So every, you know, that's kind of how it goes, unfortunately, with uh, video game design is that a lot of video game developers uh, will just look at what's popular and they'll be like, make more of that. That's going to make money. Exactly. Clone it, clone it, clone it. Right, right. So they cloned it and basically implemented more Grand Theft Auto style missions yeah. and stuff like that in the game. And that's just, it, it goes so far against the grain of Final Fight that I... Personally, I just I don't think I can get into it. I thought the fighting was okay. I liked the the story. the 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 voice acting is not great at all in this game. So uh, wait, wait, wait. Capcom video games yeah, don't have good voice acting. It's very reminiscent How of dare Resident you? Evil. I've, I've never heard of that. <laughs> Mega Man Eight, Resident Evil. No fantastic yeah. dialogue. So it actually introduces a new character to the Final Fight universe. So it's Kyle, Kyle Travers, who is Cody's younger brother. And so this takes place several years after... So, you know, after after the, the events of Final Fight, Cody ends up in prison. And I don't ever know if they actually told us why Cody went I to prison. I can't remember. Uh, maybe he just bashed in the wrong heads at some point. Yeah. They sued okay. or something. But uh, And you may get into this later, but the impression I've got, and this is from not having played any of the more modern um, Final Fight stuff, is that it's like hinted at the end of the original Final Fight where Cody's like, I can't stay with you while there's evil in the streets or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like there's some, um, I don't know if it's a fan theory or if it's actually backed up by Capcom, but Cody has a problem where he literally cannot stop kicking ass. And, <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm so assuming awesome. it's, yeah, it's like what Ed said, and eventually he got a, gets himself in trouble by, you know, bashing in the wrong head and, yeah, and, or yeah. something. It's so. funny that you mentioned this because... So the, the concept behind this game, the plot behind it is that Kyle is, like, going into these, like, you know, uh, fight club style, you know, fights where, and Cody is kind of like his, his ring man. Yeah. So he's kind of coaching Kyle through beating up all these guys for money so they can make a living. Cody's knees are, are bad. He can't, he can't fight anymore because he's got, like, a chronic injury. And so there's this, this drug that's kind of, like, permeating the streets around them. And so Cody gets himself in trouble again because he's a dork. And I don't think that's the right word. He's a, well, he's just a, he's <laughs> oh, a, he's just a silly man. He, he's what a, a goober. <laughs> and Cody the goober. So he gets himself into drugs because the drugs make his knees feel better so that he can fight again to, so he can get money to pay back whoever he owes money to or something. So that's the, the whole concept behind this game is that Kyle's got to track down the people that have kind of like kidnapped Cody and are now influencing Cody to work for them. And so the, the concept behind the, the, the game is just, it's like, it's so dark and gritty that it's almost like a parody of itself. It's mm -hmm. like, it's just absurd in that sense. The gameplay was good. I might have even been on like paternity leave because it, it was like right after my first son was born, right after Eddie was born, like 2006. He was born at the end of 2005. So he must have been like, he wasn't even a year old yet. So I think it was just one of those like dad staying at home and playing video games while his kids sleep. So I'm, I'm sure, Cam, you kind of know that. 
at this point. Unfortunately, um, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of have memories of this game, like based on like just like I hope it doesn't wake up Eddie because this music is really loud and good. My impression of the game so far is like, <clears throat> and this is granted just from watching reviews. I'm kind of like Mike, and then I can't really say too much about it because I have not played it. Hmm. But it's like my version to it is kind of similar to Castlevania Lords of Shadow or whatever, where I feel like they took, you know, they got this franchise and made it like too serious or something. The this this final fight game seems like almost gritty to a fault. Like, hey, let's take elements of of Fight Club and uh, Grand Theft Auto and Mac- I'm getting a definite Max Payne vibe from the whole drug street drug thing and like um, yeah yeah just maybe taking that all to an extreme that uh i don't know i just didn't feel like existed in the original game the original game just to me feels like over the top fun whereas maybe this feels over the top but in an unintentional kind of way i can appreciate lords of shadow because it i i didn't put it in the same headspace as i did with the with the other castlevania games and i guess i kind of did the same thing with Final Fight Streetwise. Like, mm-hmm. here are these characters that I'm familiar with from those games, but I don't... I never considered it as, like, a sequel to, like, Final Fight 3 okay. or anything like that. It's just kind of its own game by itself. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, as a, as a game in the Final Fight series, it really it feels like they just made a 3D beat-em-up and then, like, slapped Final Fight in afterwards. Just kind of, like, shoehorned these characters into a game that they already had. So, yeah, I totally agree with you on that point. Gotcha. Yo, Lords of Shadow is garbage. Yeah, we know your opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, just uh, wanted to say that. <laughs> but, but I don't know. I, I may give this one a chance one day. I, I've heard some other songs in the soundtrack. There's a really funny like porno theater in the in the. You game. walk into an adult theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. Wo- you go into an adult theater and it's playing this like. I, I had always like wanted to play this track on like a Valentine's Day episode because like, <laughs> I think it'd be really goofy, just like a goofy porno style like you know funky. 70s music with yeah, like moaning yeah. in the background. It's really silly. Well, there was uh, there's two really good remixes of the original two two original Final Fight songs mm. on this, which we played. Uh, well, we didn't play on on the show, but that same night that we recorded that Spooky Tunes show at my house, when we had Emily and Purnell and everybody over, right. we we played those a couple of uh, VGM tracks after we did the show, and I, I played those two, and everybody was really impressed with the uh, with the quality of those. So maybe I'll put hmm. those up as YouTube links on the uh, on the Facebook group in this in this I, thread. I'd be interested to hear those, for sure. Yeah, I'll definitely post them up. So those are really cool. So, All right, so ready know. to get on to our last track of the night? Yeah, I don't want to end on a uh, on a bummer. Because, you know, I just, I love the Final Fight series so much. But I love this track. Like, it's not a bummer for me. Well, yeah. The game might be a bummer to you. Yeah. But don't unbum my bumness, or bum my unbumness. What? Don't rain on my parade is what I'm trying to oh. say here. Gotcha. All right, All right so, what do we got next? Well, I, I also, I mean, I was tempted to pick that new Abigail track, and I didn't, so whatever, I don't know that I know this theme coming up, but I guarantee it's not as bad as that, so... No, yeah. no. It's probably a little bit better. This one, <coughs> this one is from Ultra Street Fighter 4. This uh, came out on the arcade, the PS3, the PC, and the Xbox 360 in 2009. This is Cody's theme, remixed by Hideyuki Fukusawa, and I think the original track was called The Mad Gear. It was part of the original theme from Uh Final Fight. Three, four, five. The beat back. 
That was Cody's theme remixed from the original version of the track called The Mad Gear from Final Fight. This was in Ultra Street Fighter 4, which came out on the arcade, PS3, PC, Xbox 360 in 2009, arranged by Hideyuki Fukasawa. I, I like this one. It feels like everything that, like, post, like, 2001, 2006, everything... Uh, that came out that had any sort of Final Fight influence all now has a hip-hop influence for mm. for some reason. Uh, yeah. Uh, especially in Final Fight Revenge, too. That, that damned track had a lot of, of hip-hop damn track. for it. That damn track. So, uh, whoa, whoa. That thrasher damn, track. That soul damn track. <laughs> but this one, uh, I like that it kind of has uh, like a cinematic version of the Final Fight theme going for it, but with these nice sweeping violins and this huge hip-hop beat. It doesn't feel like a fighting game track. Like, it doesn't feel like you could actually fight to this track. But right. I guess because Cody's there and it's got Final Fight melodies in it, it they figured it would just work. I don't know, Cam. What what'd you think about it? I like some of the reimagining of the groove. It's like mm. it's like I like the I like the arrangement. Like I like the 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 tempo and everything. But like the the hip hop like uh, tone of it is I'm not as crazy about that just because it feels. To me, it feels a little phoned in. Like, you know, here's your hip hop playbook, and here's the bass and snare sound, and all that kind of stuff. I really feel like they could have integrated the Final Fight melody into the background music a little bit more. Like, at least did some chord changes that would match what the lead was. You know, something. Mm. It just it feels like they just played one instrument that had some Final Fight melodies, like over a like like you said, like a stock uh, kind of hip hop beat, like like phoned in i guess is probably the, the exact interpretation i had from it too yeah and some of the the little vocal turn the beat back stuff it, it's cool at first and then you're like okay i've heard that about 20 times <laughs> already so I, yeah. I i like the idea of it but maybe the execution is not quite my taste so agreed michael your opinion uh same i it's not it's not my bag but uh you know what can I say? I hate everything. That's no. true. Yeah. According uh, to uh, pixelated audio. Yes, yes. No, it's just I am I, I like hip hop when it's used with real instrumentation. Or when they when they try to make it more artistic, uh, with a more like interesting vision that just doesn't sound like, you know, just hey, let's throw some violins. Da 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 da. Okay, yeah. now let's put a backbeat in there. Okay, backbeat. Alright, now let's have somebody rap over it. Like that that gets old to me and it gets stale and i'm more interested in like you know them creating like music and then worrying about the rapping afterwards yeah, yeah. like i'm more focused on the music portion it, so. it sounds to me and from what i from what i remember of a lot of the street fighter 4 soundtrack is that a lot of it was just meant to be as like background music like they weren't really interested in making character themes like they did in street fighter 2 or street sure. fighter 3 so a lot of that melodic stuff kind of went by the wayside in favor of just kind of like grooves that accentuate the 
type of background that you're fighting in or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Like, in Street Fighter IV, there were some really killer tracks on that soundtrack, but uh, I, I just kind of feel like, you know, they turned the sound effects on video games, especially more recently. Like, sound effects have really, like, bumped up mm -hmm. in audio. Like, the, the volume of sound effects nowadays is just so overpowering sometimes yeah. that I, I, in almost every single video game that I play, I have to turn sound effects down. I agree. I, I have do the to. same thing. Yeah. yeah, or turn the music up depending on how it's how it's set. Yeah. Right. Right. So I, I just I, I feel like whenever I play any of those, which I'm not really a big Capcom fighter fan. Well, at least until they until they come out with Darkstalkers, uh, like a new Darkstalkers. Darkstalkers 2018. Yeah. 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 I've just I've kind of like I'm so kind of tired of the fucking darker. The the. <laughs> Will you stop? A, a, a starker darkly. Darkly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, this theme is kind of lacking in my opinion, but I, I, I think it's cool that they've reintroduced some of the Street Fighter, or the, some of the Final Fight characters into the Street Fighter universe. I, I never had a problem with that personally. I always kind of felt that the Final Fight series was like a cousin to the Street Fighter series. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. And I, I do I do like that, you know, here it is in 2014 when this game came out and there's still reintroducing music that came out in a game that was released. I think the arcade version came out in like 89 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so it's like right. 30 something years later and they're, they're still using music from that game mm -hmm. and reintroducing, you know, a new younger generation of players to these tunes, which is which is very cool. Even though I don't think it was implemented as well as they could have done it here, yeah. uh, it's really nice to see that that's, that Final Fight music is still iconic enough to be used in, in, in games that are still coming out in current day. Right. And and this is as good a time as any to, to celebrate that but also complain a little bit about the new Abigail. Again, I'm probably anybody that knows me knows that I'm not a big modern gamer or anything. But obviously, but I do hear you know when when Final Fight related things happen, I definitely perk up a little bit. <laughs> but seeing Abigail as one of the new Street Fighter characters, I was like, oh, that's cool. Then I saw the design and I was like, oh, that's less cool. Yeah, um, it's just very like he's such a cartoon and um, the. Uh, you know, Abigail in the original Street or uh, Final Fight was like to me legitimately kind of scary, like really imposing. Yeah, and he, he was really hard to beat too. Yeah, yeah, he's just all the charging and the you know his face turning red and all that stuff. Like he's scary, and in this new one, he just feels like a giant gorilla or something. Um, the his theme, like I was saying, I, I'm not gonna straight up say it sucks. I don't care for it. It's very uh, hardcore metal, but then it um, incorporates some melodies from I think. The, the theme I mentioned earlier with the uh, the motorbike, motorcycle gang um, in the last part of Bay Area. It, yeah, Toilet, it, toilet Gang, I think it's called. Okay. It incorporates a little bit of those melodic phrases. So, again, like you're saying, you know, this, this music that was composed in 1989 and they're still, like, kind of reimagining it and stuff, it's pretty neat. Yeah. So, that's pretty much it. I mean, the Final Fight Double Impact did come out, which was... Uh, the Magic Sword uh, game. It was uh, Magic Sword, the arcade game, mm -hmm. and also uh, Final Fight 1, like the original Final Fight. And uh, that version had its own remixed soundtrack as well, which, yep. you know, was pretty good. It was remixed by Simon Vickland, who yep. was the guy behind Bionic Commando Rearmed yep. and Payday, uh, who I mentioned, I think, last episode during Pitch Chat is, yep. is one of my favorite modern-day composers. So that game was a nice reimagining of Final Fight and had online co-op mode, which was pretty cool. So you could play Final Fight online. You could drop in and drop out any time. 
But other than that, there really hasn't been any Final Fight action. There's been kind of rumors. Uh, the producer of the uh, Ace Attorney series really wants to do a Final Fight game, like a re remake. Or yeah, it would be really cool if they just did like an indie-style game published by Capcom, a 2D, you know, maybe maybe in, 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 in three dimensions, but a, a side-scrolling beat-em-up style, you know, just that feels like Final Fight again with some enhancements. It would I, be great. I just think 2.5D is the way to go yeah, if you're going to exactly. go with Final Fight. Make the make it polygon, like make it polygonal, make the, the characters rendered in 3D, uh, but make the actual gameplay itself two-dimensional with uh, the fact that you can go up and down like yep. all over the place. Or even like in a River City Ransom Underground, like really good sprite art. Yep. You know, make it a, make it a 2D game, yeah. but but you know, beef up that Hand drawn quality. Hand-drawn sparts. 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 Hand-drawn sprite, sprite arts. Hand-drawn sprites. Sprite <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's kind of my opinion. Uh, you know, we're, we're coming up on the, what, the 30th anniversary of, of uh, Final Fight? 89, right? Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So, Hagar's going to be the one in the wheelchair this time around. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll do something for the 30th anniversary. Who knows? But at this point in time, in, 27, in late 2017, there's been no rumors of any kind of new Final Fight game in the series, which is unfortunate because it's one of my favorite franchises. Well, so. maybe this episode will cause Capcom to take notice. Oh, definitely. These guys no know doubt. Final no Fight. Doubt. Let's do it. Yep. How can they resist? <laughs> exactly. Maybe. Uh, so just a little bit about the composer that wrote the music for Ultra Street Fighter 4 Hideyuki Fukusawa. His entire career was with Capcom. Started off with uh, Chaos Legion in 2003. Worked on some other games like Mobile Suit Gundam, uh, Monster Hunter Frontier, all the Street Fighter 4 titles, uh, Super Street Fighter 4 and Ultimate, as well as the original Street Fighter X Tekken. And his latest game was just last year, Street Fighter 5. He co-composed that uh, soundtrack with a lot of other people. He's also done a lot of anime, like Full Metal Alchemist, The Flowers of Evil, Fate Stay Night, uh, and Token Ranbu uh, Katsugeki. So he's both in the anime front and composing some VGM as well. So there you have it. He's a he's a new composer to this show, so I wanted to make sure he got a little bit of credit. Word. All, All right. right. So we've got uh, an outro track that is from. Well, Cam, why don't you explain a little bit about the, the new Mad Gear game that's coming out soon? Okay, yeah. Well, just on a whim, I got in touch with a friend of mine who, or it's like a friend of a friend, who had done some game design for that friend. And I was, I never thought anything would come of this, but I was just like, hey man, what would you think about making a 2D beat-em-up? And how much would that cost? And all that kind of stuff. And he was just like, oh yeah, I'll do it. And uh, I was blown away. And so we started, <laughs> awesome. we, we started hashing out some concepts and whatnot. And eventually what we landed on was sort of a, basically an 8-bit, like it's, I would say gameplay resembles closely to um, Double Dragon on the NES. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's 2.5D or however you want to say it. And it's, it's a beat-em-up. And um, the the idea was, you know, we would, the bands are, you know, we would help come up with the story for it and write the music. And so, you know, uh, kind of beyond my wildest dreams, that actually has come to fruition. And we're releasing it on December 1st of uh, 2017. So we're pretty much done with it. Excellent. Awesome. So that will be like literally two days from now as of the release of this podcast. So yeah, that Friday. So this coming Friday, guys, yeah. check, uh, check. We'll put a link up to it in the in the Facebook group right. for sure, because Mike and I have a little special special guest appearances in right. this game. Yeah, right. we and have we have like voices in 
and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. we are we are ninjas, and I think what level two I think is the ninja level. That's exactly right. Um, and I'm also I'm the ninja boss as well as one of the ninjas, and you are you are a ninja, Mike. Yes. Yes. So um, the the fun fact about you know the about this for VGM podcast listeners is that it's like a VGM podcast all-star cast sort of. We've got uh, Robin Purnell from Rhythm and Pixels are the androids in level 5. We've got Rob F. Switch as one of the bosses who I miss. Oh yeah, Josh and Emily from uh, VGM Jukebox are in the guards in level 1. So we've got like an all-star cast sort of 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 all the people that I knew. Of course you know, I couldn't, I I didn't know some of the other people like Pixelated Audio and those guys, but we've got a a pretty cool cast there. Yeah, I've I've gotten the chance to play like some of the beta versions of the game and hearing my own voice coming out of enemies that I'm beating up is just, it's such a cool feeling. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. It's a lot of fun. So maybe, maybe like I said, uh, I think we said this a couple episodes ago, maybe Mike and I will do a, a Pixel like Tunes plays yeah. of that uh, of that game once Definitely. once the final version is out, then we'll uh, we'll do a video and get together and play yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That. That'd be cool. Yeah, definitely. We should do a Pixel Tunes beat 'em up. That would be amazing. Like you could we play should just do a VGM podcast beat 'em up. Yeah, like you could play as like Mike and get like helper characters. Yeah, yeah. and like the Mad Gear could 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 guest star in it. You could like yeah, they, no, they'd be the band playing in like the background. Oh yeah, perfect. There you go. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. Excellent. It's like one of the levels. Like you go by and you got all like. Chibi versions of them. Oh, so nice. you go up to the you go up to the bad guy. The bad guy would be like, I don't know, who would who would our bad guy be if we were to fight a bad guy? Good question. I don't know. Uh, the guys who made Lords of Shadow. Uh, ob- obligations outside of the podcast. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Bosses and you go and school up to them teachers. And be like, and... You have to go to work, and then you'd be like, No, and they'd be like, Wah. <laughs> <laughs> Who did most of the composition for the game? Okay, so I composed one track. Chris, our sax player, composed the story music and one of the tracks. So it's kind of split up between... There's five people in the band, but four people composed on this. The one we're going to play was composed by Adam Ford, who's our trumpet slash uh, keyboard player. And he's kind of our, uh, our music theory guy. Like, he knows all that stuff. And I was like, hey, we need something that sounds like Bach. Because the level, you're fighting the Wig Party, which is one of the city's gangs. And the Wig Party are basically like fancy Austrian composer-looking guys. <laughs> and um, so we wanted something that has sort of a classical theme. It ended up having more, like almost a Castlevania vibe, but uh, I think it turned out really great, and um, I- I'm proud of it, even though I had little, very little part. Also, quick note, uh, Cameron Worma did the drum programming on all these. Oh, like, nice. We oh, would get, because cool. he's got the Fama Tracker experience. We composed most of our stuff in either Fruity Loops or Muse Score, which are, you know, so this is not, at least on the in the most technical sense, this is not chiptune. It's like emulated chiptune, I guess. It's what they call fake bit. There you go. <laughs> fake bit. Yeah, um, yeah. But the drums are legit, and they're, we're do- they're done in the, like the NES Konami style. But basically, we would give him like our basic drum ideas, and he would actually execute them, and he did a a fantastic job so we're very thankful for that awesome very cool that's very cool nice to see a little bit more and you and a little bit more pixel tunes influence on this game as well yeah exactly, especially yeah. in the music considering he's a he's a, a very close friend of ours so yep excellent so let's give it a listen and uh that will be it for pixel tunes radio episode 102 yeah so what's oh, yeah. what's the mad gear up to after this game comes out well we're uh trying to up like our youtube page and that 
kind of thing. Like we've always posted our live videos and whatnot. And the the quality's always been a little bit dodgy, but we've actually started doing some here at my place with like proper equipment and everything. And they've turned out really great. So definitely check out YouTube.com/slash/TheMadGear for uh, stuff. We'll we'll we're gonna try to be consistent, like at least on a monthly basis, of either releasing a live video or a music video or just some kind of content. So that's definitely the place to kind of keep up with us. Cool. Yeah, your Castlevania video was really cool where you guys kind of integrated yourself into the levels of the game. I really enjoyed that. That was Appreciate a lot of fun that, to watch. Appreciate that, man. Yeah the, yeah, the pixel art from Castlevania 4 is really fantastic, so it was great to kind of repurpose it, you know? Absolutely. All right, so thank you for being on our show, dude. We really appreciate it. We love always talking with you and especially about tough tunes and, and Final Fight and all this. Uh, always, really man. excellent stuff that we all have is fanatical opinions on so yeah I, I am always honored to be on so anytime y'all need a guest just let me know we will ring you up yep to tell you that jessica has been kidnapped yeah and we need your help <laughs> oh yeah. man i wanted to marry her jessica <laughs> like in the street fighter cartoon exactly <laughs> all right so what's our next episode about mike uh well our next episode is a secret secret Ooh. episode which means somebody will die Probably. Snap. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to go ahead and thank Cam again for appearing on the show. You can check out us at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash pixel tunes radio where you can chat with all of our listeners and fans, people who enjoy video games and video game music. You could also check us out at pixeltunesradio.com and comment there. You could also shoot us an email and a pixel chat question pixeltunesradio at gmail.com and of course we're on Twitter as well at pixeltunesradio absolutely okay so we're going out with uh, the music from the Mad Gear game this is act 4 I dig your wig we'll see you next time guys 